0: Episode 348 of the Game of Thrones Fandom Podcast. This week we're recapping Season 6, the last episode, The Battle of the Bastards. Eugene, did you watch this week's episode? Yeah? I personally thought that the writing has been taking a turn to shove our content and found myself... Grossly disappointed. Did you find yourself disappointed with anything of note in in this episode, the Battle of the Bastards? Uh, I liked it. No, but think about it. Is there anything that you thought was maybe missing from season six episode of Battle of the Bastards? Uh. I thought it was pretty good. Damn it, you see, there were no boobs and butts in this episode. That's why, people, I didn't even know if I was watching Game of Thrones anymore. And we don't have anything to talk about on the podcast. Let's just boobs
1: and butts.
2: you found yourself at the junction where worlds meet politics civility how about honesty in this country folks entertainment
0: i don't like entertainment
2: and a whole bunch of other stuff it's about having a healthy body image you have a very unhealthy body you should have a horrible body image
3: not a big home improvement
2: market (laughs) we are definitely
0: going to get letters
2: you're listening to talk Radio's strangest animal
1: you're
0: Or getting louder with Crowder. But you're
1: a strange animal. I've got to...
4: It's the fourth week in June, which marks Louder with Crowder's fourth installment of Cultural Appropriation Month. Join us each week as we travel the globe, informing and illuminating you on such diverse cultures that make up the wonder that is humanity. This week, the ancient
2: and mysterious culture of Africa.
5: Bumole, <laughs>
2: Glad to be with you. Glad to be with you. got to take this hat off. That sound means it's the sound of the weekend, and what a jovial song it is. We had a bit of a false start for those watching online. Not Gay Jared got a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, I am your host, Stephen Crowder, producing with me in video studio as always. Even the week where we are honoring the great, though simple, continent of Africa. um, On Lauder with Crowder. Not Gay Jared. You can follow him on. On Twitter at Not Gay Jared. I fulfill my legal obligations, draw my own conclusions. I am dressed in traditional uh, African garb, and Not Gay Jared is honoring uh, one of the greatest spokespeople for the NAACP that has been Rachel Dolzow. Yeah, she's a great woman for, model for everyone, really. She, she's a strong woman. Strong woman. You look a little more like the guitarist from Korn. Well, they are. Looking back. A little indistinguishable. So you can tweet me at S. Crowder or Not Gay Jared, at Not Gay Jared. Uh, I think Rachel was a was, was a good move. It was a refreshing change. And this isn't an African hat at all. No. But it looks what, great. I don't know what this it is. It looks great. So we have great guests tonight. We have Andrew Claven. Boom. We have Skag. Well, his name is Matt Skag, but it, I don't know. Yeah, Skag, Skag 3. Name. Skag 3. Uh, great commentator. Up and comer on YouTube. We have Matt George from Georgia. An exclusive interview with a man actually. A Muslim couple allegedly tried to abduct his child. Mm-hmm. It was a national story for a while. And uh, of his story, his last name is completely coincident.
3: Coinc- uh, coincidental to the state of Georgia.
2: Coincidential? Coincidential.
3: Coincidental? Coincidental. Coincidental to the fact just, that he lives in yeah. Georgia. I'm not yeah. wearing this stupid How hat.
2: crazy is that? Well, it's not that crazy. There are okay. a lot of people I with the name not. George. Um, okay, so a lot happened this week. We're, we're also going to rebut Talk Islam. We are going to give you, uh, we're starting a new segment, Top 5 Crappiest, Top Five Crappiest Myths Regarding gun control right now. Uh, that's a big, hot topic. And we're going, uh, of course, we're going to rebut Talk Islam. Next week, we're going to expose Talk Islam. I have a lot of information on them from behind the scenes that I'm sure they don't want getting out there. This week, we are going to expose Michael Woods Jr. Because a lot of these people have either come out and attacked me or invited debate and then not shown up. We don't go after people uh, just for the sake of going after people. But when they open that door, it is our job to make an example of them. Michael Woods Jr., you done screwed up. So later in the show, that's going to be a rough one. Uh, Right off the bat, obviously gun control is a hot topic this week. We talked about it quite a bit last week. I'm sure we'll talk about it with our guests. But I was on Sky News this week. Let me set this up for you really quickly. I don't do TV a whole lot. As a matter of fact, I don't do it at all. Um, My policy is I don't do any outside media unless I can do it from this studio... Or unless I'm a fan. Like Joe Rogan, I'm actually a fan. I've I've followed Joe Rogan for a long time. Or like Adam Carolla. Um, It takes too much time away from what we do here at Ladder with Crowder. So I can't go to a satellite studio or fly across the country. So my policy is I don't do any media unless I can do it straight from this studio that we've built, which is actually nicer than most of the studios that a lot of these other people have. They're just awful. And you go into some affiliate and people... it's It's just too much time. So... Sky News has been asking me for a while. I said, no, no, not unless I can do the home studio. They finally said, okay, we need an American who's pro Second Amendment for today. Can you do it? I said, from my home studio. They said, sure. So I went on with this host, uh, Not Gay Jared. Let's just play a quick clip and then I can give people some, some context. Do we not have audio? It is coming right up.
6: Yeah, I'm having are difficulty weapons. trying to understand your line of argument. Are you trying
2: to say there's a thing that's a, a safe gun, for instance? Of course, yeah. I have a gun on my hip right now. It's never shot anybody. Why do you need a gun in the studio? Well, let me explain to you why I actually have a fatwa on my head because I've drawn Muhammad. So that's my reason, and I would never assume to actually uh, copy-paste my reason or know the motive for any person who might need their basic fundamental human right to self-preservation. Why do you need security guards there in the studio? I haven't got security guards here in the studio. There's no security in that studio? No. I've got a floor manager, but he's not very security. I don't believe you just By the way, uh, that's false. I verified it. They do have security there at Sky News. <laughs> you don't just waltz on
3: in. People just, just had no idea what's around them. He's just not observing no, running at observ- all. He'd be well, a terrible
2: concealed carry holder. <laughs> he would be a terrible concealed carry holder. Uh, here's why it's so important. People are going, well, why do you-? And this is why I don't like doing a lot of media. Uh, let me give you a contrast. Dave Rubin came on the show. Dave Rubin is 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 certainly more left of center than I am. And he came on the show, and we have a long time to talk, right? We have longer segments. It's more conversational. And Dave Rubin says, well, I think we could both agree on keeping the hands out of terrorists with the no-fly, no-buy sort of business. And I said, no, we don't. And he said, why? And I explained it to him. And he said, okay, I understand that due process. Okay, so maybe we need to reform the list. And we made progress, and we moved on. This guy, what was his name, Michael something?
3: I didn't hear. I didn't catch. Michael something. Something British. uh, british But
2: he started off with saying, you know, talking about these automatic weapons right off the bat right so, off the bat <laughs> automatic weapons and naki Jair was in here producing and i could see his face he's like, going. To, i know what this i know is going where to this i know what's gonna happen here here's the thing people are saying why did you focus on that? it is so important to define your terms and this is the biggest bait and switch that the left does they say automatic just like this host uh he used the term automatic they use the term automatic repeatedly or assault rifles usually both and then they use it to pivot and support legislation that has nothing to do with automatic weapons. But semi-automatic weapons, which as anyone who knows anything about firearms uh, understands, that that is almost all modern handguns. And, and a significant portion, if not most, rifles. So they say automatic, they say automatic, they say scary assault weapons, and then they say, well, why don't you support this legislation? Well, hold on a second. Because it has nothing to do with, with automatic weapons. Can you unmute your mic there? I'm yep. the clickety-clickety-clickety. The um, so that's why it's so important. I stayed on it with him. And if you go watch the interview, it's up at louderwithcredit.com. I kept saying, well, listen, can you retract the automatic statement? Because you imply that we're talking about legislating automatic weapons. And he goes, oh, so you're saying there's a safe gun? Well, what about a sol-? And it, so we went from automatic weapons, which was fake. Uh, A false term, right? Those are already heavily heavily regulated. No automatic weapons were used in any of these recent mass shootings. An AR-15 wasn't even used. Then we go to uh, assault weapons, assault rifles. When I asked him to define it, he couldn't define it. Then we go to why would you ever need a gun? And then we go to, of course you support the no-fly list. And then we go to safety latch. On my concealed carry gun. Here's the thing with with English, they are so shocked. His reaction. Why would you ever need a gun in the studio? I can't possibly imagine. It's the same reason Charlie Hebdo should have had them, dumbass. For the same reason you have security guards. This is the thing with the left. He doesn't think he has security, armed security guards, because they're not right in front of him. He is in a building with cameras, with a safe pass system, right where you have a card that you swipe to go on in, with. Uh, uh, of course, probably bulletproof glass with, of course, armed guards, whether they're downstairs or not in his. That's the case at every. I've been to every single news agency there is, except for probably Sky News. I've been to some sort of a BBC affiliate in the States, but Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, I've been to all of those places, PBS, they all have some form of security. But he thinks because he personally doesn't have a firearm, that somehow the rules don't apply to them well here's the thing most of us americans don't have the money or the ability to afford uh, a, a key card entry system and armed security guards and cameras everywhere and an entire fleet of security so we can say well i've never carried a gun the best thing you have is a firearm my case alarm system dog firearm. That's what you can do to protect yourself. That is why there is such an this, – this is a perfect example of, of sort of the leftist classism. They hate the middle and lower class, uh, so they try and strip them of arms. <laughs> and something else, too, that I, I find uh, unbelievable right now. We talked about this and we tweeted about it, and then other people were tweeting about it. People are so on board with the no-fly list. Mm-hmm. No due process at all. Just head, The headline no sounds good, to be fair. The headline sounds great. headline yeah. sounds great. No-fly list. These are the same people who were absolutely outraged that non-American terrorists weren't getting due process in Guantanamo Bay, right? <laughs> they, were, they couldn't yep. fathom it. They were outraged. These people, these terrorists, who aren't American citizens, deserve the right to a fair trial on American soil. Law-abiding American citizens, let's toss toss six figures of them on a no-fly list. Well, what about due process here? It doesn't matter if they could potentially be dangerous. Have they ever committed a crime? Well, it doesn't matter. So you have the Democrats who are staging a sit-in. This has been going on today. A sit-in literally to strip you of your right to a fair trial and due process. That's what they're doing. They are throwing a fit. These are government officials are throwing a fit. Because they don't have the ability to remove your fundamental right to protection at will, that's what will happen with the no-fly list. There have been stories of politicians using it against you. Have you have tons? I mean, I, I know. Um, was it Ted Kennedy? I think Lewis himself. Mm-hmm. The Fox commentators. Of, well, Fox commentators, but I know politicians, Democrat, uh, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, senators and congressmen who've been put on the list. And people have alluded to the idea that there have been political opposition. They've been doing it to screw with them. Well, can you imagine what they can do to you, a citizen, these politicians? So on its surface, it sounds good, but this is what's so important. They will use the word automatic weapon, assault rifle, which isn't defined, to pivot to push legislation that has nothing to do with those things and would change none of it. And of course, we'll get into the homicide uh, stats, the gun-related violence stats, uh, the overall violent crime rate stats, which we did in the Sky News interview. We can get to that, too. But here's the thing. If people think, well, you You seem like you're getting why are you focusing so much on that issue because this is what the left does they repeat automatic weapons they repeat ar-15 they repeat things that have nothing to do they repeat just buzzwords not even facts or statistics they just repeat buzzwords to drill it into your head so you accept it and then argue on their terms i am not willing to go on a program and just accept that he says well automatic weapons which is a huge error monumental error And if you look at the Twitter response, most people believe that the Orlando shooting was carried out with a machine gun. And they believe that the AR-15 is a machine gun. None of those things are true. No idea. So it's important to note that, and we don't have to do it on this show because things are pretty civil and we have enough time. But on television, they keep it short and they keep it to the buzzwords, and they're not honest. And I gave this guy the benefit of the doubt at the beginning of the interview. I thought he was ignorant, but when you refuse to apologize, when you're verifiably false, then I've got to think you're a liar. We'll be back after this. More guns and terrorism or something, something bad. Hello, sir. Welcome to Sporting Rifle Emporium. How can I help
7: you? Yes, hello, my name is Neil Steinberg. I'm with the Chicago Sun-Times and uh, this is my first firearm purchase. I would like to purchase an AR-15 assault rifle.
2: Well, we've had a lot of reporters in here, sir. Uh, the first thing I'll have to let you know is that it's, it's not an assault rifle. It's a sporting rifle. Assault rifle doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of an arbitrary term. But, uh, yeah, let's take you over here and show you these are our AR-15 variants.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, that one looks scary. I'll, uh, I'll take that one.
2: Would you like to know anything about its features, price point?
7: No, this is a hit piece. Whatever works.
2: Uh-huh, I figured. Well, listen, that's fine. Um, let's come on over here and fill out paperwork.
7: uh now by paperwork, you mean a basic receipt?
2: No, we actually do have to uh, run a background check. We have to do that with every firearm sold, despite what you may hear in the country. And uh, do a bill of sale. You may have to bring it to your local law enforcement office, depending where you live. And then you can uh, have the firearm. So, fill out this first, please. Oh, okay. And let me run that. I'll be right back to you.
7: It's always sweet to try and put up a facade. I bet you he's probably just filling up his coffee.
2: Okay, Mr. Steinberg, we cannot sell you that rifle.
7: Hmm, surprise, you don't want a Chicago Sun-Times reporter exposing your dark practice, you shy from the light.
2: No, actually, it's because it says here that you have a history of alcoholism and you beat your wife. You're a wife-beater. I don't know how you would... No, we ran a background check. Turns out you're a domestic abuser, so that's a problem. We legally can't sell you the firearm. And on a personal note, I think you're a piece of shit. No but more hats. They're not terribly creative with the melodies. Yeah. Not terribly creative with the melodies. Oh, that's right. Cultural Appropriation Month. Sorry. It I'm, is. We have to appreciate the cultures that are available to us. There's a lot to appreciate. Hopper, go lay down. I threw the hat not in anger. It was it was a stage presence move. Um, Africa. We didn't pick a specific country because I was going, well, maybe we should pick Zambia. Maybe we should pick Zimbabwe. Maybe we should pick South Africa. The truth is that with the continent of... There are a lot of things that we could... We had to sort of expand it. It's really just black. It Be- is. I mean, there are there are a lot of great contributions from uh, not only. You talking about
3: the satellite imagery, not necessarily the. Uh, Stop
2: it! I didn't know where you were going you're going. Tell me about that. We're not getting any. Stop it! Stop it, Rachel Dolzell. A um, lot of great contributions. You know, with Black Mirror. I mean, you have. I mean, obviously, you can have in, in music. Uh, you have so, you have soul, you have R and R and B, you have Motown, you have blues, you have rock and roll. I mean, in, in sports, you have uh, Jackie Robinson, you have Will Chamberlain. I mean, you know, you've got gun crime. There are so many things that we can talk about with African Americans that they have contributed to a rich cultural fabric of the United States. So this is kind of all encompassing of of Africa and also their um, their their uh, good friends who've immigrated here who are now African. American. So here's uh, some here's some fun African stats for you. I've got a couple. Uh, well, here's one. South Africa has the highest number of people living with AIDS in the world. It's a little known That's fact. an achievement. 75% of the world's poorest countries are in Africa.
3: Nothing to be proud of.
2: It's the world's most populous continent with the largest reserves of precious metals as well as 30% of the world's remaining mineral sources. And it's still the poorest, so I don't know how they... I was trying to compute that as I well, don't know how they do that exactly. Also impressive. But here's the thing, you have to appreciate all aspects of culture. It would be unfair to do otherwise. Um, approximately 90% of all cases of malaria worldwide occur in Africa. This seems like it's not... I I've thought it was going to get better. There are fewer people with internet access in the entire continent of Africa than New York City alone. Okay, you know what? These, are, the, these were sent to me by my staff. These were not... Did you did you forget to say fun facts? You must have put a different adjective. I there. don't know what happened there. But we're appreciating all of our cultures here. Africa, we did it with China, Mexico. We appreciate all cultures here in the United States. We do. Speaking of culture, hey... Something that leftists certainly don't appreciate about the United States is that our culture is that of freedom. Our culture actually includes the right to bear arms. That's one thing that I don't understand. Open-minded, tolerant liberals. They'll be they'll be fine with Muslims as part of their culture is, you know, is, is is rape and women not being afforded due process and their testimony not counting as much, and being able to beat their wives, and of course, mistreatment of gays. I and mean, this is this is a long in storied part of Islamic culture in, in the Middle Eastern countries, and we're saying, well, it's different. These are cultural differences. You have to appreciate them. It doesn't make them bad. Yet somehow, people having the right to carry arms and not commit crimes, we're not open-minded enough for that in the United States. Mm. So that ties right into this story. We wrote it. Uh, wrote about it at laterscredit.com. A reporter from the Chicago Sun Times, name was Neil Steinberg, tried to buy an AR-15. So he tried to buy an AR-15 really to do a hit piece because he went, and he's obviously, if you look at his history, he was anti-firearm. So he went into a store. He paid the money for an AR-15. Uh, I, I believe he did the background check, and he spent some time with an instructor for a while who talked to them. The instructor knew that he was liberal and said, like, this is why I don't do news because people don't just report news. They do opinion like you. So it's pretty well known that he was left. They weren't necessarily thrilled with it, but they, they, they served him. Well, the next day he got called, and they said, we can't sell you the firearm. This was all over because he wrote as a, he wrote about this first. And when he released the information, it was, see, the gun industry operates in the dark. Well, they said, we're not going to sell you the firearm. Neil Steinberg of Chicago Sun-Times. And he said, oh, it's because you're afraid of people learning the truth. They said, no, that's not it. And he said, well, why don't you tell me why you didn't uh, sell me the firearm? They said, we don't have to do it. We're a private business. We just reserve the right to not sell you the firearm. But he pressed and he slandered them. And so when other people asked, this gun shop. They said, well, here's what really happened. We found out he had a history of alcohol abuse as well as spousal abuse. He roughed up his wife. Well, there's your problem. There's your problem right there. So, here's something really cool. The system worked. And gun uh, shop owners, gun dealers, are so responsible they wouldn't sell to this guy. And he's still trying to go with the narrative that it's because they're afraid of people learning the truth. No, the truth is that you're a wife beating ass. You're a piece of human crap. There, there are very few rungs lower on the human ladder than wife beater. Although someone who l- looks as feeble as you, wife beater, is pretty bad. Like yeah. it's just to it just add insult to injury. So this happened. It's important because if, if the gun owners, the gun store owners didn't speak out, people would have just heard the story like, oh, they're getting really scared and they're locking it down. And they, if they know you're liberal. They won't sell it to you because they want to operate in the dark and sell guns illegally. I was actually at a gun store one time with my father out of state. And uh, I was looking, there was actually, there was a a firearm that I wanted to buy and it was on sale. They had a specific sale because they had an overstock. And I said, wow, I said, you know, I really want to, I'd love to buy that. He said, well, if, if you're not from in state, I can't sell it to you. Well, my dad was. And my dad said, well, you know what? I might get one. He said, ah, the fact that he told me he's not in state and he wanted to buy one. He's like, I can't sell to you either because there's a chance that you could buy it and give it to him so he's like so i can't i'm not going to sell any of you any fire
3: if i was today. a gun owner i would draw probably that same logical conclusion no
2: yeah offense yeah exactly and i don't even know that it would it wouldn't necessarily be illegal depending on the states but anyone who's bought a firearm and that's why i've always said hashtag gift a gun get people to go through the process the second someone has purchased a firearm the second someone has gone through the process the second someone has done a gun safety training course guess what they're going to know that all of this is BS. Mm-hmm. They're going to know that the automatic weapon thing is BS. They're going to know that the, the gun stat crimes are BS. They're going to know the semi-automatic myth, the no background check, the loophole myth. They're going to understand that. This Chicago Sun-Times guy, he came up with a number. He said 40% of firearms are purchased without background checks. There's no way that is true.
1: Mm-mm.
2: Now, I don't even know where he came up with his number because I was looking for it, and I couldn't even find it from the most left-leaning sites. And I think what he did... For example, um, when my grandfather passed, there were a few, fire, there were a few shotguns and a handgun. Uh, maybe a couple, a handful of guns, right? And they were passed down to either my dad or his brother or my aunt. Mostly my dad or his brother. Mm-hmm. Just like inheriting anything else. And there's a process. You have to file an official form. Depending where you are, you might have to register it with your police department. I believe that they're filing those under gun show loophole. From my research, that is what happened. It's, about,
3: it's really about closer to 10%. That go through without a background check because the other thirty that he's
2: he's accounting for are inherent, are inheritance. yes. Yeah, so I couldn't find know an accurate family, stat. You know, yeah. So I don't want to mislead people because I couldn't find it. If you can tweet me at, I'm S. Crowder, pretty sure Obama's quoted that. that has he? I'm pretty sure he has. I, I didn't want to come out with something because even on the furthest left sites, I couldn't corroborate the forty percent are bought without background checks anywhere that seemed like I could comfort. Comfortably substantiate it. So tweet me at S Crowder. We're going to have Andrew Claven next. We're going to come back, talk Islam rebuttals. We've got some really cool stuff on this program. We had to get through this. Uh, Andrew Claven coming up next. Always a great guest. Half Christian, half Jewish. I don't know how he does it. There's so many holidays with Klavan. That is a lot. It's a lot. When does he work? And now for Jimmy Fallon breaks character. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. (laughs) I'm funny, right? And now back to your programming. to be there glad to have our next guest he made very clear before we went on air that he had to get his plugs right dailywire.com so demanding. is a site and his show is the andrew Claven show which is his name he's not particularly creative with the titling i'll give him <laughs> uh but andrew Claven show we always recommend it great show dailywire.com
6: great site um andrew Claven, thanks for being here sir always a pleasure it's the only way i get to see you this so. is true <laughs> yeah, we- yeah you come to california you don't call you don't write i so. did and then you left <laughs> You were I, well, literally you well, were like, well, you gave, you gave me warning. So I left the state. Like, yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> no, I was in California doing uh, doing a, a video for PragerU and did the Adam Carolla show. And then um, Andrew Clavin was there, but he gave me like a window of like, well, if you're here, if you're here between 1145 and 1157, <laughs> I can find
6: some time. <laughs> so he, I don't, actually I actually had dated made a date for a big lunch, which I went to. And I was so sorry I didn't just stay around and talk to you. The lunch was like a total bore, and you're at least mildly entertaining. So is, I was, I was sorry. I, yes. I apologize. Uh, that,
2: I, that's, uh, that's that's what'll say on what my headstone. headstone. He's at the very least, <laughs> m- he was at the very least mildly entertaining. mildly entertaining. That is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, we have a little bit of echo <laughs> here. Was it not KJ <laughs> because he doesn't have headphones? Yeah, probably. All right, we'll try to, and work what, with this. On headphones? Yeah, put him on live on air. Why don't you? It's not like this is syndicated it, anywhere. <laughs>
6: Nobody's ever seen this happen
2: No, no one's ever seen it. That's the one thing on radio, too. It's so silly where people are like, we can't do this, we can't let this happen. We have to retake. It's like we don't get to retake this. This is, this is get, what's happening. This is what's happening. This is the show. This is the Sorry. show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you expected something better. And truthfully, of course, we blame it on Andrew Claven. <sighs> of course. Um, but uh, oh, there we go. He's got headphones. So, because you can take uh, it. Okay, all right. It's been fixed. Is there a microphone on that headphone though? I've got a mic no, I've got no, no. a microphone. Front- okay, me. good. Got- that way we don't have to change anything.
4: Okay, so Andrew Claven. Uh we were talking about this. Islam,
2: we talk about that a lot, we've been doing it for years. (laughs) At what point is it okay to just say, you know what, some religions really suck, and some cultures really suck, and uh, the ones who kill 49 gays in a nightclub, why are we somehow talking about uh, uh, an AR-15 rifle that wasn't even used in this attack? How, How quickly did this happen? I blame your state.
6: It's, it's an amazing thing. Well, my state, yeah, it, it, when there is a, a an earthquake and my state floats into the water and sinks, the entire country will be better off. I'm just hoping I'll be in Texas at the time. But <laughs> That's I, you know, the hope. <laughs> I, I, suddenly, suddenly on the left, ideas stop mattering. You know, David Brooks, the New York Times knucklehead, the guys on their op-ed page, yeah. he said, there's not terrorism because Muhammad came down and there's a religion called Islam. As if like the formative idea, the the idea that shapes a culture suddenly has no effect whatsoever. It you know, it's like it's like we everything we think, everything we believe has to do with Christianity. Every single thing, whether you're if, if you're for gay marriage it's because you believe in the Christian judge not if it, you're against it it's because you believe in the Christian shall not if right. you if you think that gay people should be killed you're completely an outlier in american society because nobody believes that nobody on either side thinks that that's fine but if you're a Muslim, they sit around and they talk about like executing gays as if it were like, you know, yeah, yeah, kind of a positive thing for the gay person. You know, yeah. <laughs> Like I saw this guy. This is true. I saw the this sweet guy. Release he was of saying, you know, of Islamic death. Is, you know, let's do this out of compassion for them. We, we put them to death and that is compassionate, you know, and you think like, yeah, can I just like creep up behind you and clap my hands over your ears real fast and see if your head explodes?
2: Because, yes. Well, that would be know, the
6: compassionate thing to do. Yeah. yeah like old it's a whole yeller. It's an entirely different <laughs> way of looking at the world. And I'm not trying to, I'm not saying that millions and millions of, of Muslims aren't great people. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the fact that ideas shape a culture over the centuries. And if you look at Muslim countries, they're very different than ours in ways that maybe aren't, aren't so good.
2: Yeah, well, you don't even need to look at Islamic countries. You can just look at Muhammad right away. And there you go. There's your starting point. A horrible yeah. human being, a terrorist. Uh, period. There's, there's no way around it, and then you can look at even wherever Muslims gain any sort of power in non-Islamic countries, like the UK, um, like you see in Sweden, right? Anywhere in the United States, they're such a minority, and we have such a system of checks and balances. They haven't been able to uh, get to be as unfettered as they are in the UK. But in the UK, 100% of Muslims thinks homosexuality is unacceptable. Well, what does Islam teach? You do with an unacceptable sin, you kill people for it. So you have to kind of read between the lines, but even moderate Muslims in newer countries, uh, westernized countries, are still very much a problem. And, and I, think, I think a lot of people are becoming okay with saying that now. There's the rubber band effect where the media in Hollywood hasn't realized that most Americans are tired of it.
6: Well I think that they what they're doing is is really interesting when they released uh, this week the transcripts of the Orlando shooter right. and they redacted every reference to ISIS every reference to Islam and then they were forced, because it was so ridiculous, it was like playing Mad Libs, you know, you could easily put back the, the blanks. It was so easy to fill in blanks. It made you think of it twice, you know. <laughs> Imagine playing Cranium in a Turban. Okay, what is it? What, uh, what is, uh, uh, bomb? is it the bomb? It's always the bomb! I'm sorry, that's redacted. It's redacted. But, but you know, it was almost as if, and, and when I say almost as if, I'm being ironic, because it was it was truly as if, they were saying to you, it's not that we don't that you don't know it's there, but you shouldn't know. You're wrong to know. You right. should lie. You know, the right thing to do, the m- moral thing, the virtuous thing, is to lie. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's what's driving people crazy. When you look at these kids on college campuses and they riot if somebody comes on and talks to them and says ideas they don't believe in, or they you know they just go crazy if somebody says anything that is out of their wheelhouse, That's induced mental illness. That's a mental illness. That is people telling you that it's right to lie. And so when somebody comes along and tells something that looks like the truth, They're doing an evil act. You're watching evil right in front of you unfold right in front of you. Just somebody telling the truth.
2: It's true. They are committing an evil act. And on campus, of course, we can talk about the Islamic, the hypocrisy, rape culture on campus. Uh, And then they entirely ignore what happens in Islam. You know, just as far as like rape culture on campus, people I do. I have a different finisher for my act when I perform in colleges. I just slap my Johnson right
6: on the stage. (laughs) And I just let it ride. you and then you ask why I don't come to your shows well That's, yeah uh, exactly well and uh, there's almost always an encore which is awkward because there's just there's no way to pull that off of. I should hope so yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh,
2: no it is true it is it's a good point to make it is induced I wouldn't say it's induced I think as a as an author you're, you're using very clever wordplay but it's not induced mental illness if they know it's a lie they're simply continuing the propagandist cycle
6: well the well the mental illness is the idea that the lie is is a to lie is virtuous. Okay. That somehow you're going to change the world for the better by describing it as it's not. You right. know, so that like if, you know, the, the there was a story out of Cologne, Germany. I think it was Cologne. It was, it was definitely the Germany. The music
2: festival where they got groped and raped.
6: Where these girls were getting raped on the way to school and molested on the way to school and didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to seem to be anti- Uh, refugee you know these girls are being molested and they themselves won't say it because and that is a kind of mental illness it's like it's virtuous to lie it's virtuous not to say that I am being attacked and assaulted because if I say it then people might think that refugees attack and assault people right Obviously, that's the case since you're the one being, you know, and and so I think it's I think when you look at college campuses in America and you see the level of hysteria that's going on. It's the hysteria of somebody being told, no, you're not being contacted uh, through your teeth by an alien civilization. That's actually a delusion. And then, you know, crazy people go nuts.
2: Yes, well, exactly. They get really mad and then they they end up on the History Channel, which for some reason has nothing to do with history anymore.
4: Mm -hmm. uh, This person had aliens in their teeth. What, what was that about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like, what, what am I watching? It came back to aliens all of a sudden, this guy with the Jimmy Neutron hairdo.
6: I thought it was... And, and it, it used to be on the on the History Channel, you could count on the fact that it was going to be history that took place between 1938 and 1945. Right. It was all, they only covered World War II. And then suddenly it became from outer space. I don't know how... Well, that's that,
2: just a demographic a, problem.
6: There aren't enough vets left. <laughs> Maybe that's it.
4: Ah, oh, that went dark. But it's true. They used to sit there in the chair and be like,
0: damn Jack!
4: And they're just like, ah, oh, we, can, we can sell these guys reverse mortgages. And then when the, when the demographic dried up, like, let's find the Sasquatch hunters out in Montana. I don't know. As <laughs> I like, buy gold for crying
0: out loud, <laughs> yeah. it's falling apart. I was like,
2: oh. oh, my step-grandfather told my dad that God spoke to him, and he told, told him to advise my dad to buy gold. And my dad said, Grandpa, that wasn't God, that was Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and, um, no, no, um, no! You're you're absolutely right, and it is it is a point. I mean, we've we've gotten to gun control so quickly, and you're you're in a state where that's obviously the big push. My brother lives in California, but you are. I mean, you're relatively recently a first-time fire owner, right? Uh, fire yeah, owner. Uh, firearm owner.
6: All all this time, I've been talking. I've said anything I wanted to about Islam. It was only when I started to talk about Donald Trump when I thought maybe I will buy one because <laughs> <things. laughs> the, the Muslims were like, "Yes, he hates us. We don't care," you know. But the Trumpians were like, "Wait, you don't like Donald Trump? We'll kill you." I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a, so I, yeah. I just thought they were saying such horrible things about me on Twitter. The Trump people, uh, the alt right, as we call them, uh, they've been they were saying such horrible things about me that I thought, you know what? Now, if, if these people came into my house, it would just be such a delight to blow them into <laughs> the world that I, I wouldn't want to miss out, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to say, say now all I've got is this baseball bat to beat them to death with. I want to blow them away. So, yes, so no, I, exactly. Uh, I, some... I've always been a shooter. I've always, I've always gone out shooting, but I never owned a gun because I had kids and it made me and my wife nervous, you know, so I just didn't own one. But I've always been a, a guy who likes to go out to the range and shoot. So well, I mean, you, have, you have grandchildren now, though, right? I do have a, a grandchild, yeah. Okay, Oh,
2: sorry, and how, how old is your grandchild? He is one and a little bit more, like okay, 14 so, months. Okay, uh, so, well, he's about the age where Muslims will kidnap him if you go to Michael's. So,
6: <laughs> I wouldn't suggest they kidnap my grandchild. He'd beat the crap out of yeah, me. Yeah, you know? well,
2: yeah, exactly. They come from countries where, you know, the, w- what they uh, consume to sustain them is not necessarily nutrient-dense, so they're relatively frail. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I would love for you to videotape, because I have planned to do this with my children, with your grandson, obviously, with, with his father and mother's permission. Um, teaching him the firearm, and I mean four or five, getting it with him out at the range, showing him the safety, of course, never giving him a loaded gun, and teaching him, okay, this is what you don't do with a gun. This is what y- you never aim it this way, and, a- and getting your hands around his hand, just like Not Gay Jared had this when he was young, and having him fire that weapon at the range. And I mean this as young mm-hmm. as four or five, because yeah. every single person I know who's, who's done that, that child has always respected firearms, and it's never yeah. been a problem.
6: Well, obviously, I mean, this, this is this weird thing that these people who know nothing about guns uh, are constantly preaching to us about guns. And, and you know, there was, there was a wonderful column this week. I wish everybody would read this uh, by Bill McGurn, uh, my pal at The Wall Street Journal, who wrote about the fact that in New York, they had a system for taking the h- guns out of the hands of bad guys. It's called Stop and Frisk. And because a lot of the bad guys happen to be black... The New York Times and all the liberals and the ACLU st- Shut down the program they shut down the program so yep. we know for a fact that the left is not worried about guns in the hands of bad guys They're really worried about guns in the hands of good guys because in their mind good guys are people who don't use guns You know they're the they're them the right liberals and I just think it's an amazing thing that these guys the Stupidity that comes out of their mouths about guns about these this term assault weapon that nobody are give to them fight. too much
2: credit I don't think it's I don't think it's stupidity I don't think that Barack Obama um, has no idea what a semi-automatic is. I, I can't believe he's that stupid. Okay. I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I don't think he's that stupid. I think when he says semi-automatic, to conflate it with machine gun, I think he's doing it deliberately to mislead people. Because we were we're talking about this this week. This is an issue, the gun issue. Um, no fly, no buy. Whether it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, it requires an entirely uneducated voter base to sell it. It requires it. Yeah. It can't work yeah. otherwise. It requires people don't know that every handgun is a semi-automatic, pretty much. It requires that they don't know you cannot buy machine guns right now. It requires that they've never purchased a firearm, so they don't understand that there is a system of background checks. The only way to push this through requires low-information voters. And those can be on both sides, but on the gun issue, they are always entirely on the left. That's an absolute uncomfortable making. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I went on that rant, but we're going to bring you back after the break. So before the break, let me give you dailywire.com. The Andrew Claven Show, because he's going to have a heart attack if I don't give him his plugs.
6: <laughs> I'll say.
2: And uh, we'll be back to talk it's more about uh, firearms and Muslims, and we'll be dead soon. And now for a personal phone call between Sean Hannity and Donald Trump. Okay, Mr. Trump, you hang up.
0: Now you hang up. No, you hang up. Now you, no, you hang up first. You hang up first. No,
2: you hang up first, short. No, you hang up. Sean, I'm not going to hang up. you got to hang up first. You're a great American. Hang up first. Okay, we'll both hang up at the same time, okay? Okay.
0: Okay. I uh, knew you wouldn't hang up.
2: Now back to your programming. to be back. Our guest, DailyWire.com, the Andrew Claven Show. Get it right, Andrew Claven Thank you for being with us, sir. Sorry, I wanted a rant before, which shouldn't happen with a guest. Um, but don't. Do, do you think uh, I'm out of line that it, it requires an entirely uh, uninformed voting base with these these gun measures they're trying to push through?
6: Well, the whole it, it requires an uninformed voting base over the entire spectrum. It's not just uninformed about guns, about what guns do and what kind of guns there are. It, it's also why we're supposed to have guns. Mm. Uh, I, I I've gotten into this conversation several times with liberals, where I explain to them we're supposed to have guns so that we can kill the police, so that we can kill you know these the, the, all the soldiers. They keep saying well, why Andrew Clavin, straight
4: out of Compton. You, know, you, out. Know, you,
6: <laughs> say, you say well, why do you need a gun like uh, an automatic weapon to hunt? And it's like on. No, 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 that's not, what, you know, the founding fathers were not worried about us hunting. You know, like, I'm, I'm happy to buy my meat at the grocery store. That has nothing to do with it. Right. You know, what, what I want is to be able to defend myself from bad people, and if the government should... Become actually oppressive to join with others in a militia to defend my rights, and that's why you have guns. And and you know when you look at you only have to look at Europe where they are sitting with like slack jawed apathy while really an invasion takes place, an invasion of of people who do not share their values, who despise them, uh, who really want to uh, change the entire nature of European culture, and they sit there they don't they don't understand that it's up to them. It's not up to the guy at uh, you know at in um, at 10 Downing Street to defend them. It's up to them to defend themselves, but they don't understand that because they've been disarmed and they've been told that the government is going to take care of them. And this is a 2,000 years of kings ruling over people and now socialism ruling over people that, you know, the it, it, it self-defense begins in the home and that's it's just that simple and it's and yeah is it pretty no do i wish there were no guns in the world and nobody had to have guns yes i mean that would be a better world but that's not the world we live in and if we're going to start disarming people let's start with the bad guys
2: very good point uh first off i would disagree because guns are really cool too let's just guns lie. are cool and they're, fun they're, yeah. they're a <laughs> lot of fun when you play with them it's like legos for adults but i mean <laughs> but you're right but and you know they have they have much higher uh, violent crime rates right now, record high rape rates and I guess while they sit there and they're being mounted by a refugee with no respect for law and they have gangs running rampant and stabbings at an all-time high, they can say well gee, at least it didn't happen with a gun
6: Yeah, well, I, I don't understand what they say, I mean I do not understand why, especially I mean the, the pitch a lot of times is to women uh, you know, they create this atmosphere of, of like complete illogic that uh, obviously appeals to women because <laughs> you <know. laughs> he
2: went there shoot the police women are illogical this is ice cube on the show
6: Dude, white face but Clearly. i mean you know it, it, it would it make me laugh if some if a bunch of refugees grabbed a, a german woman and she blew their heads off yeah that would give me a chuckle. <laughs> And that's what death that's why Death Wish was a successful movie. Well, that's right. That's, that's why Death Wish 2 and 3 and 4 were successful movies. <laughs> to me that would be like uh, you go for a line, you know. <laughs> My
4: favorite line is Death Wish 2. It's where Charles Bronson just says, "Hey kid, do you believe in Jesus?" Why? You're going to meet him and kills them. (laughs) it's so simple
0: and hack but it's wonderful
6: yeah that is why it works because the good guys should be the guys with the guns and and you know and and women especially i mean just women you know that is the equalizer it's like the thing that says look look i'm i'm never going to get shot by a woman who doesn't want to be abused because i'm never going (laughs) to abuse a woman right but if but if, like, some guy does and she blows him away, it's like, hey, to me, that's like, you know, comedy. You know, <laughs> you
2: know I say th- I agree with you.
6: And I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's one of those things. I think
2: there are two different reactions. You know, you find out someone who carries always with them. And I know many people um, in my direct friends and family who carry everywhere. And you go, oh, wow, okay, that's great. Good for you. And I generally think, oh, I know the kind of course they've had to go through because my, I've had to go through. it. They're probably a very responsible citizen. Or the reaction is, (gasps) (laughs) It's
6: (laughs) one of those two. At any moment, you know, the, the gunfire is going to blaze out. You know, like you go to Texas and people are incredibly polite because, you know, they know that everybody's strapped. You
2: know? Yeah, there's no there are no car. Ja- there's there's other crime like gang crime, but there are almost no carjackings in yeah. Texas. In yeah. Detroit, you stop at the wrong light. Your car is just on cinder blocks
6: <laughs> and they're gone. And, and, you know, and, you know, I would like somebody to explain to me why Chicago with its high uh, with its incredible. Incredibly strict gun laws is a shooting gallery, uh, and why France? You know, people get blown away, and there are no guns there whatsoever. You know, it, it's in the in other thing about the left that is so incredible is how provincial they are. It's like if we get rid of all the guns in America, nobody will get shot in France. I, you know, I'm right. not sure what the logic is there. You know, why why is a mass shooting in France? You know, a reason to get rid You're of just guns? You're just going to
2: have John Malkovich and in the line of fire, building a
6: polymer uh, two barrel, shooting a duck. <laughs> I was so, I admired that so much, you know, like, hey, yeah, you could get that gun on a plane. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, where he
6: put the bullets in the rabbit's feet. You're like,
2: wow.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
4: I'll, I'll be put on
2: another fly list, but I actually thought, as I went through TSA, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what a terrorist would do. And I could do it. I could have, it, There's, it, it is a joke. It is just a joke. The little c- carriers with, it. and I, the fact that I'm saying this right now, Sorry, you're on the no-fly list too just for being on this program, but uh, I have thought about that when I just go like okay They keep developing what would they do? This is what they would do and I have my own little in my mindset like a bullet in a rabbit's foot and it's just so clear to me What someone could do with TSA?
6: Yeah, no, I mean that, that's the thing they're gonna be printing these things You know you're gonna have a printer that prints guns pretty soon <laughs> So it's like it's, it's not really it's the, the whole thing is kind of beyond their ability, but it's all you know It's, it's very, very we're
2: talking about this right now We're not even talking about the Islamic terrorism
6: that we're that's talking
2: right. about ar 15s and it wasn't even the gun that was used
6: that's right that's right and and of course that guy could always get a gun you know, right. I mean, it's it's the guy like me who thinks, what's the law here? Yeah, I'll follow this. And you, know, and you go and you go and you get a gun, you know, you fill out a form. And the question is, are you a fugitive from justice? So help me God in California. This is a question right. on the gun thing. Are you a fugitive from justice? And I looked at the guy and I said, what's the right answer? Is you know? like yes or not? You know, because I, I don't want to ruin my chances of getting a gun. But you right. know. Nah, So so it's, it's all absurd. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly, and the thing is what the left
2: wants is if you have to check, do you have are you on any medication? Well, I take I take xanax for uh, for jet lag. Bah, you lose your fundamental human rights second amendment. It's gone. <laughs> I mean, literally, it could go that far. Um, yep. Andrew Claven, you give your last plug before we go to the break. People can find you where?
6: Come on, it's dailywire.com, listen to my podcast, it's incredibly Of hilarious. course I know,
2: but I was saying it, so I wanted to give you the chance, and you just gave a worse plug. I bet you're going to get negative traffic. People are going to leave. <laughs> dailywire.com, Andrew Claven show. He says he wants me on his show, but keep his feet to the fire because he never actually books me. You Andrew Clavin bl- show, DailyWire dot com. We will be back, and I'll plug him again after the break. Just, just, just because I know he'll call me. He'll call me. It's just, it's going to be a thing. There's always a thing.
0: What are you doing? Shoot bad guys. With what? AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. Kaboom. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. KA-BO! You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where?
3: AR-15.com. That's
0: the best place to go and that's the takeaway because this commercial's about to stop tik 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 tik
2: Glad to be back. Second hour of the program. If you are listening terrestrially, thank you so much to all, our, all of our affiliates. Some in Michigan, not so much. I am your host, Stephen Crowder, producing with me in video studio as always is not gay Jared. You can follow me on Twitter at s crowder. You can follow him at not gay Jared. I fulfill my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. We good? We're good. I'm, I'm a little disappointed you never reciprocate my.
3: Talk You're dancing. There's no crap. cohesion to the dance. Well, it's dig dig dig, and then I'm I'm clearly digging crap and. In- and flinging at you're you and you're not catching it. Crap. You're not catching it. I'm sorry. We'll morning. do
2: it. We'll do it next we'll time. Have to fix
3: it next time. We'll we'll
2: it. Fix it. Next we'll time. do it live. We'll do it live. Oh my gosh. I love this. is one thing we were talking about, cable news and stuff earlier. Uh Sky, all of that. I love that I'm so free from any of those shackles. I can't stand Bill O'Reilly. I could never stand Bill O'Reilly. I could never say it when I was on Fox News, because you're not supposed to say it, although almost <laughs> everyone who works there. The guy is an Ass of epic proportions, and it's like now if someone goes. Like, I know someone who I know who's watching the show will probably go tell him because I've run and so I've spent some time with him, not a lot, like in a room with him. And if he, if Bill O'Reilly called me up right now, I'd be like, uh, "Are you one of the folks who uh, called me an ass?" Yes, yes, yes.
0: Bill O'Reilly, I, I think you're a dick. Are we good?
2: Click. Well, he'd probably try and have phone sex with me. They buried that scandal. <laughs> Really quickly. I know if you are going to go there or not. I mean, you there. Do you remember it? I do remember that. They tr- buried there. that so fast over there because he was Mr. Con- he's not really a conservative. He's a populist. Mr. Conservative looking out for the folks. And if you run a search on Bill O'Reilly phone sex scandal, I don't know if the transcripts are out there. I don't know if we were privy to more, but it was so much worse than most people knew. <sighs> anyway. Um, do I need to set this up? Do we have a clip first before Good I go- clip. Okay, yeah, hold, let set. Me set let me set this up. Okay. So it's no secret that we've done a lot of work on Islam here at uh, Lotta with Crowder. And the biggest YouTube Islamic channel, I've actually done a lot of research, some really interesting affiliations with this channel and group or organization. We'll get into that next week. You asked for it. Talk Islam. They've gone out of their way to issue rebuttals to my uh, videos exposing Islam. And and so here we are in sort of a never-ending battle of, well, I guess kind of wits. Um Here's one of their more famous videos, uh, to which I will issue a rebuttal. I think everything you need to know about Islam, we can cover in this segment. Not K. Jared, roll the clip, please.
8: That has nothing to do with my prophet. Please just stop it. It doesn't make any sense. That's not the message he sent. That's not what he meant.
2: Okay, so he does this spoken word poetry thing, which is for people who can't do stand-up comedy or music. And does this rap about Islam and Muhammad to try and clarify some myths. Now, his aren't really super substantiated, so we're going to try and not only use chapter, verse, Quran, Hadith, but provide as much context as possible. So let's go through this piece by piece. Nothing to do with my prophet. Is Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So first I mean, question. I
8: know a man who forbade us from harming the innocent. Okay, right off the... We have to pause right away. The
2: Quran is pretty clear. This is one thing that if you hear innocent, well, that sounds nice. The Quran is clear that anyone who rejects Islam cannot be innocent. Uh, here are just a couple of, of Quran verses to that effect. We have Surah 3, 151, and then uh, we have Surah five thirty two. For those listening to rest, I can't read this all It'll just take too long. Uh, Let me just, the first one was for that cause we decree for the children of Israel, that whoever killeth a human being for another, that other than manslaughter or corruption of the earth, it shall be as if he has killed all mankind. And whoever saveth the life of one, it shall be as if he has saved the life of all mankind. Our messengers came unto them with clear proofs of Allah, but afterwards, lo, many of them became prodigals of the earth. Corruption in the earth can mean anything that comes into conflict with Islam. Corruption in the earth can mean anything that comes into conflict with Islam. We'll keep circling back to this, but this is important. The Quran... It's overwhelmingly clear, non-Muslims who refuse to subject themselves to Islam are not innocent. The Marleys were dead to begin with. Literally, because they weren't Muslim.
8: Next clip. This is the man who forbade us from even scaring cattle with a knife. Saying you have no right to let the animal die twice. And when he was asked for advice, he'd reply, don't get angry, don't get angry, don't get angry. Repeating it thrice
4: we say that? Muhammad got
2: angry, got angry, got angry a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, see, Muhammad would preach this for others, but didn't really practice it. He had a sore spot even uh, for simple teasing. For example, Muhammad ordered the killing of two girls simply because they were singing satirical songs about him. That's where this starts. Don't portray him, don't mock him. It's worthy of death. It comes from Muhammad himself. There was also a group of, of rabbis who laughed at Islam and Muslims and Muhammad not only ordered them ejected from the mosque, uh, they were yanked out by their hair and their head and given severe beatings. So one might argue he was actually
8: thin-skinned. Next clip. I know a man who called to patience first, even to those who had treated him the worst, and- What? Except the exact opposite is true. As you see here by this verse, O
2: believers, fight the unbelievers who are near to you and let them find in you a harshness and know that Allah is with the God-fearing. Again, we're going to continue to provide more and more context as we build here. Um, here's some more. Where he specifically called for the deaths of Christians and Jews. We can bring this up on screen. Yes, all Christians and Jews. So this is important to note. Uh, we're also talking about like the, the. Um, do we have Quran 8, uh, do we have 839 up there? 839. So the Meccans were, were simply refusing Muhammad access to their city during during Hajj. I don't know how we pronounce it exactly. Again, this is the argument. They say you're not Arabic, so you can't use it. So other Muslims were allowed to travel there. This is important historical context, just not as an armed group. Since Muhammad had declared we- uh, war on Mecca prior to his eviction, uh, the Meccans were also acting in defense of their religion. Since it was Muhammad's goal, he was planning on destroying their idols, establishing Islam by force. Hence, th- this part of the verse is so critical because... In the verse uh, 839, where it says religion is only for Allah, meaning that the true justification of violence was unbelief of the opposition. The justification for violence against them was simply unbelief. Muhammad further explains in in the Sira, Allah must have no rivals. So again, we're coming back to there is no innocent non-Muslim, particularly if you resist Islam. Not just being non-Muslim, but if you say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to be a Buddhist. I'm going to be I Christian. I'm gonna do-. That is evil. You cannot be innocent. So we need to drill this into you so you understand it. More and more context. Next clip.
8: A sake. And he never responded to evil with evil, but rather he pardoned and forgave.
2: Uh, except that's not true at all. Uh, there's only forgiveness for those who do not convert. I realized I missed uh, one of those clips. There's only forgiveness for those who convert to Islam. Again, 929, uh, Surah 929, we've talked about that. It is very, very clear to go back to another point. Um, Yeah, 929. Keep that up there. Uh, People of the book here. So 929 says, Fight those who believe not in Allah, nor the last days, nor hold that forbidden which hath been forbidden by Allah and his messenger, nor acknowledge the religion of truth, even if they are, of the people of the book until they pay the jizya with willing submission and feel themselves subdued. This is important. People of the book refers to Christians and Jews. According to this verse, again context, they are to be violently subjugated with the sole justification, as you can see in this first context, the only justification needed is their religious status. Notably that the religion is not that of Islam. Uh, So in verse 933, I don't think we have this up. It tells Muslims that Allah has charted them to make Islam superior over all other religions. Now here's what's important. Abrogation is something you need to understand with the Quran. So we've talked about this context. He says some nice things early on. He got increasingly mad and he became increasingly violent. And it's clear in the Quran, Muslims are taught if Muhammad says something later on in his life that uh, contradicts an earlier teaching, it supersedes it. That's abrogation. And it's a, a central principle. Uh, from Islam. So this is important because we're talking about the Christians and Jews and subjugating them in violence because this chapter was one of the final revelations from Allah and it set in motion really a tenacious military expansion uh, in which Muhammad's companions' followers managed to conquer two-thirds of the Christian world in the next hundred years because Islam intended always from its inception from Muhammad to completely dominate the world and subjugate everyone and they were justified. People who did not submit could not be innocent and you can do to them whatever you want. So them. The innocent again no non-muslims are innocent sorry jared i know i kind of skipped around there he pardoned and forgave let's go to that uh, 232 clip where uh, the reward in serving all things have okay, that.
8: i mean i know a man who was so caring and compassionate who said that there is a reward in serving all things that are animate in other words everything that breathes whether it be the animals the trees and every single human being
2: Okay, but again, the Quran, we have it up here, uh, forty-eight, twenty-nine. It's important to define the term "serving" in human being. Even how does the Quran, how does Muhammad instruct people to serve non-Muslims? We have Surah 8, 8, 8 12. Remember when the Lord inspired the angels, I am with you. So strengthen those who have believed. I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve. So strike them upon necks and strike them from every fingertip. This is not talking about an isolated incident or historical documentation of war. These are open ended calls that are central to the theology of Islam. And it becomes increasingly centered on this. The later into the Quran you get again, abrogation, that's important to note. Let's get to the slave portion here and, uh, Yes, let's do that next.
8: See, I know a man who advocated for the freedom of the slaves.
2: Except he personally owned at least four female slaves. So there's that. But I guess Birka's sex slaves don't count. He also had slaves of the non-child bride, non-sex variety. Uh, as we see in Sahih Muslim 3901, um, we have this up here where he talked about slaves and then of course we have um, more context where he bought slaves, uh, we have. Ibn Sai Kisham 484, where he's instructing you how to treat slaves, uh, what needs to be done with slaves. Basically all kinds of slaves. Sex slaves, non-sex slaves, just just a big slave-owning dude. That's why there's still slavery in the Islamic world. Not so much in Western Europe. You know what? We need to fight fire with fire. We're going to go to a break, and uh, I'm going to try my hand at slam poetry. In the break, we'll come back and we'll wrap this up for you. But spoken word poetry, it's become my thing.
4: Let's watch it. Maybe the reason these people act in his name is because unlike I say, terrorists and Muhammad are one and the same. See, maybe the reason for pipe bombs and suicide vests is to fulfill the teachings of Muhammad just like the rest. See, the technology wasn't good back then. It took a while to get there. Like this fringy pubic hair beard that looks like my back hair. Pause. See new camera angle for dramatic effect This propaganda needs style, or else I'll get wrecked. Maybe the reason so many Muslims hate Christians and Jews is because Muhammad himself said they're worth less than you. See, I paint a man who spoke against slavery and lived life so serene, but Muhammad had more sex slaves in sex dungeons than the late Charlie Sheen. Oh wait, he's still alive? But I thought he had AIDS. That's not a big deal now. I guess my mistake muhammad made clear that no non-muslims are innocent so your choice is convert pay the tax or die isn't that magnificent see no forgiveness for those who rejected his teachings which by the way changed all the time oh what's this i'm reading it's true muhammad started off peaceful but got increasingly angry but you need to learn about abrogation to understand the insanity See, what that means is what Muhammad taught later has to supersede all the previous Islamic teachings, which then cease to be. When you take Muhammad's teachings and life as a whole, his story is clear. He was a wife-beating, pedophile, serial-killing bigot who was really just an overall piece of
2: Glad to be back. Fixing my hair. Good slam poetry for those listening terrestrially who missed it. Great job. That was fantastic. Okay, so we have to get back to the points here on Talk Islam. We have to wrap this up. Okay, let's run
8: the next clip, Jared. This is the man I follow, so forgive me if this sounds unusual. But the man I know was so much more handsome, so beautiful.
2: I guess now is about the time when we're not supposed to mention that closeted homosexuality is rampant in Islamic countries. Childish, yes. Relevant, I would argue, very much so. Next clip.
8: But nevertheless, I know a man who still taught us to stand up for the oppressed. Okay, all right, people, let's get the
2: macro. Here's where we tie it all together. I've clearly just proven, and I well. By the way, this guy at Talk Islam is welcome to come on the program. He's done online rebuttals. I don't do online rebuttals to anyone. Uh, against whom I'm I'm not willing to debate in person. I think that's something that a coward does. He's been welcomed onto the program. He's decided, no, I'm just going to do the YouTube back and forth public urination contest. So you're welcome to come on the show. I feel that I've pretty definitively proven that no non-Muslims can be innocent, according to Muhammad and Islam. Now he talks about the oppressed. It's important to note, not Gajir, I don't know how much of this you kind of knew before today. You're an educated guy, but a lot of people don't know this about Islam. Yeah, I don't know much. Um, Anyone who refuses Islamic subjugation is not only not innocent, but they are seen as an oppressor, according to Muhammad. Yes, even you watching, Mr. Tolerant, liberal atheist, who thinks that you are appreciative of Islamic culture. Um, I have an Islamic, I don't have it up here, but they talk about how the 30th sin, which is mentioned as one of the greater sins, is not helping the oppressed people. Um, To defend the oppressed is to ward off evil, according to Islam and not performing such a task is is considered shirking a great duty, which Allah has made incumbent upon Muslims. So, anyone who is engaged in evil is an oppressor, okay? According to Islam. Anything non-Muslim or against Islam is evil. Ergo, anybody who fights for the freedom to engage in evil is an oppressor. And they can be put to death. That's the thing. Fight against oppressors, kill them. Don't hurt innocents. If you're not Muslim, you can't be innocent. If you refuse Islam, you are an oppressor, and Muhammad made it clear that they are justified in killing you. Do all Muslims follow this? No. Did Muhammad teach this? Absolutely! That's what he taught. That's how he lived his life. That's what's so important to know about Muhammad. Chapter and verse. All here. We'll have all of the references at ladderwithcreditor.com. Here's the thing with Islam, too. It's sort of like the Second Amendment. We've talked about this. When taken very literally, um, it seems bad. I mean, kill all non-believers, but, but context matters. I understand that, right? You can take verses in the Bible. Where we're talking about specific instances of war, um, regulations for battle during that time. I get that. I understand that. That's not necessarily fair to do. Con- but here's the thing with Islam. On its surface, it's bad. When taken within context, however... It gets even worse. See, Talk Islam painted well, they, it's propaganda. They painted a picture of a man who demanded peace, humane treatment of, a, of the innocent, of animals, fought against slavery. Loved the trees. Loved the trees. Big fan of the trees. Big fan of the foliage, and protected the oppressors. The reality is that Muhammad was a sex slave owning, wife beating pedophile who made it expressly clear that all non Muslims, by definition, cannot be innocent, and that all non Muslims who refuse to subject themselves to Islam are, by definition, oppressors. Who were ordered by Muhammad to be fought and killed? Read the Quran if you're listening to this. Check the references at louderwithcrowder.com. They'll all be there. Learn the context. So learn the verses and read beyond the verses. Learn the context. Fact check me, please, and prove me where I'm wrong. I welcome it. That's my challenge to you. We don't have an outro. We don't. Maybe play some more slam poetry though. Do we, do we have some more slam poetry of his? We don't. Oh, we don't? You thought we could do it, but we don't actually have it. Um, you tweet me, at S. Crowder. I'm, I'm more than happy to. Maybe I can get up on Twitter here and see what people think about the talk Islam business. Uh, I read the Quran with an open mind and heart, says Stephanie Spears. It truly is an evil text. Muslims can turn anything into anything. I think she she meant to to write something else there, but I appreciate it. Uh, Chewbacca's lover that Chewy's lover said, "Talk Islam really sounds like a drunk gay Christopher Walken to me." I can like, kind of see am trying that. to think if he's talking about Islam, Muhammad, and the Quran, kill Jews. It the, the weepy tone. I think the is weepy what it tone. Is. it's the weepy what is tone. that with the weepy tone? Is that I kind of it's... Macklemore? Is he the one? Uh,
3: no, we- I, I don't see him doing it too much. What's funny? is It's, it's, it's Talk very Islam. much it's popular. with This style of music and this style of don't call that our, music. Uh, I'm ashamed.
2: I love hip hop. That's
3: not, That's not how oh, he's
2: against music. He's part of the school of thought with Islam where they think music is bad as an evil. Yeah. So they've tricked God by putting a musical background, but he's just doing spoken word. So it's technically not music. See, because God doesn't pick up on, on bass tones. Oh, he doesn't. That's clever. It's clever. clever. I never thought about that. God can be easy to trick. He is that. He may be omnipresent, but um, he's easy. He's not really up to date on the electric beats. No. On the technology with music creation. So, what do you see? Uh, S. Crowder just called Muhammad a piece of blank. I'm glad this guy can carries or I'd be worried for his safety. You know, here's one thing. And I, people have asked us if, they, if we would sell that Muhammad shirt from the Bob Ross painting. If people want that and you'll wear it, we'll, we'll sell it. We're going to create the store. Here's the thing. Here's why we do this. Okay? And if you, look, if you just look at that segment we just did, it, is it offensive? Sure. But it is remarkably researched. And I'm a comedian. Like I said, my, my end there is fact check me. Prove me wrong. I'm open to it. I want to be proven wrong. Let me give you an idea as to where I was wrong. Patriot Act. Now, I was too young to to, to really have a, a vote at that point. Um, but I've talked about this on the show. I willfully admit, now, in spirit, am I still less, was I less worried of George W. Bush using the Patriot Act for abuse and Barack Obama? Yes. Um, and it has been used It has been abused grossly now I was young I was in my teens and I thought well you know what everyone supported the Patriot Act after 9-11 I've talked about this it's not a principle change it was as a young person I didn't think of someone like Barack Obama supported the war exactly and you thought we had to I didn't see Barack Obama coming and I've learned from that I've learned from that I am willing to say hey here's here's where I was wrong here's why I was wrong um, the reason we do this with Islam and the Quran and drawing Muhammad is so hopefully more of you do, because they can't catch us all. And the more you do it, the less power they have. The more you shine a light on this, the less power they have. The less individuals they can pick off. Because if just a mob of people are drawing Muhammad and a mob of people are open in their criticism, guess what? It makes it a lot harder to fight. Do we have a guest coming up? Matt George coming up. Oh, that's right. We have a we have him on hold. Matt George, speaking of Islam. Muslim couple out there in Georgia uh, allegedly tried to abduct. Then they got screwed. His little child, 14 month old, and then the media called them racist. Not the Muslims who tried to abduct, but him. Him. Kidnap a child as long as they're racist. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Rifles and Accessories
7: Warehouse. Hi, this is Neil Steinberg of the Chicago Sun-Times, and uh, I was just calling to see if I could come on in there and, uh, for a story that I'm doing, purchase a machine gun.
2: Well, uh, we, in fact, do not sell machine guns. You will be hard-pressed to find anybody who can. Any semi-automatic variant will do. I thought you said you were looking to procure a machine gun.
7: Yes, any machine gun, you know, any, yes, yes, any semi-automatic machine gun uh, will work for the report.
2: Well, you're discussing two different things. There are fully automatic machine guns, and there are semi-automatic, both rifles and pistols. What is it that you are looking for? Hmm,
7: Uh, I guess I just assumed.
2: Do you mean to tell me that you work for a major publication? like the Chicago Sun-Times, in your level of understanding of current firearm technology is so limited that you genuinely do not understand the difference between a semi-automatic and a fully automatic machine gun. Uh, wait, well, wait a second. Are you that guy who was denied a rifle for beating his wife? Well, that's not
7: necessarily the way I'd put
2: it. No, it's the way the law puts it, in a legal fashion, and from a personal standpoint, you are a piece of human shit. Glad to be back. Pogo Bump. Always great. Pogo. We always love fantastic. the Pogo. Uh, so let me set this up for our next guest, because this is something that it was a story we've talked about. I think we've written about it at com. Not Gay. Jared was on top of it. This happened in Georgia. It was on the news. Couple was at a Michael's, a hobby shop, for those of you who don't know. And uh, Islamic woman basically When the mother looked away, and I'll have the man explain it for us in a second, uh, lifted the child, tried to take the child out of the cart, tried to unbuckle the child, and they went to the police, and then next thing you know, it's a whole new story, and people thought they were being Islamophobic. I'm not entirely sure, but the man is here, the husband, Michael George. uh, Hit us with it. Someone tried to steal your kid? Uh, Matt George at Michael's.
9: Yeah, Matt George at Michael's. What did I say?
2: Michael George. It's confusing because there's a Michael and George. Matt Michael in the story. Michael George, Matt George from Michaels. Someone tried to yank your toddler.
9: Yeah, I get that a lot anyway, the Michael Jordan thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it was pretty scary. Um, she and it's, it happened like you said. I mean, it was uh, My wife was in line, and um, we have identical twins. Right. And we're used to people coming up to them all the time. In fact, I tell people, if you ever want to know what it's like to be famous, we also have um, Great Danes. So if you Uh. ever want to know what it's like to be famous, just buy a Great Dane, go for a walk. Um, So we're used to people coming up to us.
2: That's an important Uh, point because that sets the tone where it's not like – this is something out of the ordinary, people coming up, commenting, or, or wanting to look at your your little ones.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, that was like, you know, when we became pregnant with the twins, my first uh, question was, well, or, at least are they identical? That way we could have, you know, a certain sideshow aspect to the whole thing. And, right. You know, as, as opposed to just having two babies at the same time, which don't really count.
2: You can have them do the same sport, so they have double the recovery, they cut the recovery time in half. I get it. Okay. so. Yeah. So I have the story relatively accurate. Just kind of give us a recap because we don't have a ton of time, and then I want to get to your reaction.
9: Okay. So um, real quickly, what happened was um, she was in line. There were a couple of girls behind her who were also identical twins. Oh, I'm sorry. They were just regular twins okay. in their 20s. And they said, uh, oh, my God, you have twins? We're twins. So my wife turns and starts to talk to her. Now, she's wearing one of our, chil- one of our kids on her and she has the other one strapped in. Mm-hmm. These boys are 14 months old. One of them was sick, and that's why she was wearing him.. Okay. And uh, so she notices something going on behind her. She turns to see a woman hunched over, and she's lifting up our son Briggs uh, out of the car uh, out of the cart. And she, what happened was the woman was startled because the, our son was strapped in. And when she noticed um, that he was strapped in, actually what happened was my wife noticed what was going on, put her hand up and said, what are you doing? And the woman, at that moment, put the boy down, goes to unbuckle him and try to pick him up again. And that was the moment that my wife was like, whoa, stop. And she yelled. And um, she had, uh, at that point, the male companion who was with her turned around looked at her and said uh, something in Arabic. We don't know
2: what it was. Could have been Farsi. Stop being racist. Continue.
9: Exactly. (laughs) I know. Uh, I've already been accused of that three times. Yes. But so she um, turns around. uh, The woman turns around, not having once looked at my wife. Not once. And so uh, she turns around goes to the checkout counter. My wife turns to the girls and says, that was really weird, wasn't it? That wasn't just me. And um, the girls go, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty weird. okay. So Something we have the special. incident,
2: yeah. So we have the incident. You go to the cops, and the, uh, this is this comes out as a story. Now it was I, I want to get into because, like we said, we did we did see some people saying, oh, they're just being racist, Islamophobic. Um, by the way, not an illogical phobia, whatever the phobia is here when someone's trying to unbuckle your fourteen month old. I would say that's a logical concern. They chalked it up to is it was it the legal terminology, cultural differences. We were
9: told several different stories from immigration through the police. So the first story we got was that it's cultural differences. Oftentimes when people from uh, other countries come to uh, the United States, oftentimes they will have not seen an African-American child. So out of curiosity, they'll pick them up. They'll just go pick them up. And I was like, well, that doesn't really work with us in this particular scenario because. Do you
2: believe that or do you think something else was going on? You know, um, it's entirely so, speculative, speculative. I get that. But
9: yeah, you know, it's really hard to tell at this point. OK, uh, what we do know is that none of it makes any sense. Right. Uh, my wife has had cultural barriers before. She's had Hispanic women come up to her that don't speak English and say, oh, my children. Blah, blah. <laughs> and my wife goes, yes, yeah, no problem. Your either. Spanish yeah, is so.
2: impeccable. A little bit of an accent. But yeah, I know.
9: And so she uh, she's she's very accommodating. And uh, but in this instance, there was no eye contact, no nothing.
2: Well, let me say and, a couple of things that are sort of. It, where my family, my parents live in an area that's a lot of a lot of Indian people, and my wife is six foot and blonde. And I will say this: a cultural difference, like they leer. So she'll just be walking through the supermarket, and they just right the entire time, and she'll be like, "Hi, hello," like try and greet them. You know, she's not upset by it, and just and they look away. So I ended like literally that leer. That, that's all they do if you're walking through Walmart just hundreds of Indian men just looking at my wife that way and she's not mad about it but she gets a little uncomfortable when she says hi how are you and they don't respond so that happens I will tell you from Montreal the missing children's list this is entirely anecdotal I can't substantiate this as a statistic would always have like Yusuf Munam Muhammad there were Always a ton of Muslim kids who are missing, and we did have a woman on here who left Islam, and she did say, "Well, culturally that makes sense because she had to leave and go into hiding because the woman has no rights to her children. Abduction is actually pretty common. It, it, there's a culture of child abduction in Islam. Um, so, I, I, you know, if there are cultural differences, it still could mean that the cultural differences are kidnapping."
9: Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we heard um, two different stories from the police. When this first happened, the cops were like, yeah, this is a really um, uh, scary thing. And and uh, we debated. We My wife actually took a picture of the couple and um, we had debated about posting the couple on social media. And they actually had a child. And the police at that time, very early on, said, uh, yeah, you should post it on social media and you should not blur out the child because there's a very good chance that child was kidnapped, too. They actually uh, said that to us. Okay. So they found the couple and um, because they've only been in the United States for six weeks.
2: Right. And they and are from?
9: Afghanistan. We were originally okay. told they were from Iraq, and that story has now changed. We're now being told they're from Afghanistan, and um, immigration has told us, yeah, the, we're just trying to work them into the system. And my whole point is, um, and yet another example of government, Agencies working spectacularly well Let's say this is just all A perfect, uh, let's say it was all Innocent, Right. then immigration is failing These people, big time
2: Yeah, no, we don't Uh, do that in America, we don't play it And if someone reaches for their hip, for their concealed Carry because you're trying to unbuckle their kid, guess what Those are the dice you roll when you grab Someone else's kid in the United States, I'm fine with that Yeah, yeah so so it's, so there's nothing really to do moving forward. You just seem to have sympathetic police officers, from what I understand, mostly, but an unsympathetic, I guess, sort of liberal contingency of the media. You've had some backlash. You've been accused of being racist, Islamophobic, if mostly I'm Mostly right.
9: on Facebook, mostly social media. My wife has, been try- has tried to make it as even as possible, but, uh, yeah, we're for, we've been accused
2: of being racist even for just posting it. Isn't it? Well, here's the thing. If they're assuming that there are cultural differences, where this is okay, Right. And you're not okay with that with your child. I'm not okay with a stranger grabbing my child, period. Right? I don't care yeah. who they are. So if yeah. they're admitting they're, these are cultural differences, then isn't it perfectly valid for you to be concerned with an Islamic person uh, approaching your child because you're not comfortable with it? That is a form of discrimination. That is a form of generalization that seems to be entirely appropriate for you to make as a parent, even if that's the case.
9: Yeah, I, and I would agree. And at the, at the
2: bottom line, even if you were
9: to take everything out of it, take take the cultural, net, the the appropriation out of it, whatever, uh, the fact that this woman didn't even look at our, at my wife um, has raised so many red flags for us that. Um, were just. She
2: could have just been beaten, you know. Honestly, she could be so beaten, broken down by her husband that she's she's afraid and has low self. That
9: confidence. actually occurred to us. To be honest with you, I mean, there there oh. was a part of us that thought maybe she um, she just was so intimidated by even the presence of her husband. Um, so the police found the couple. They did actually go to their house. The husband apologized profusely, and the police came back to my house to tell me that the the husband um, it was all a big mistake that um, they he didn't they didn't. Or there was no intention to kidnap the child. And I looked, there was a 30-year um, veteran and a 15-year veteran. I looked at the 30-year veteran and I said, we were told by immigration that uh, this is a common occurrence. How many times have you had to deal with this kind of thing? And he went,
1: no, yeah.
2: never, yeah. never. Yeah, it's a good, what well, you said that was a really good point. Immigration is, is failing them. You know, it's, it's one thing to not even learn the language, obviously, is a problem. It's one thing to not really assimilate uh, or obviously come here illegally or not pay taxes. It's, stand on the toilets. Yeah, stand on the toilets. That's the worst. They, they those do those, that?
3: There's shoe prints on all over the toilets.
2: Squatty potties are ruining the thing. those are just the truck world, stops the you go culture. to, and I don't think it's because of people using the toilets for their initial um, that's design. That's fair. Um, but at a certain point, it's like they're grabbing people's children unbuckling someone's and i hope that anyone who's a leftist or a social justice warrior would put the at least put themselves in in your shoes because I, I watched the interview we have it up on the website where your wife said like we're used to people coming up to us that's fine but not looking you in the face trying to take your 14 month old 16 month old yeah 14 14 month old and unbuckling it with when you're not looking that is something i think would terrify any parent any parent yeah.
9: Yeah. And a, a lot of people have said, uh, why didn't you do more? Why didn't you jump on the woman? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But, you know, she ultimately had the situation under control when the woman dropped our baby. Um, and, you know, when you're it's it's tough when sure. you're in those types of situation, who knows how you're going to react. So,
2: yeah, well, I, I, I'm just amazed as to it's a big misunderstanding. I'm surprised, too. What I want to know is. If he's so apologetic when the cops came over, this is entirely, listen, I'm I'm speculating Monday quarterback, that's fine. But um, if he was so apologetic to the cops, why did he turn to that woman and say something in what we think was Arabic without acknowledging you in the moment? Why didn't he turn to you and say, I'm so sorry, and explain it?
9: Why not say it in English? And and also, the other thing I was going to say, that um, the police very initially early on were like, yeah, this could be a problem. Um, they told us about the I-20 corridor being a big human trafficking corridor. And, um, so, you know, the, they've kind of shifted. They went from, uh, yeah, this is really serious to coming over here and going, yeah, it was all a big mistake. Sorry. Right. So, and it
2: could be a big mistake, but I'm just wondering, you know, for me right away, like. Uh, I, you know, you have overly sensitive parents where I'll be like, and in line, and the parents, "How dare you!" And you know, I'm just like, "I'm just your kid was smiling." And sorry, you know, and I'll just clarify, hey, "I'm sorry, your kid was making a face. I made a face back at him." Um, I get kids death stares all the time.
3: I just parents are looking.
2: Yeah, I know, but and you they, aim they your start, Smith and Wesson crying. at them, and you're not supposed to do that. <sighs> it's a bad One idea. One day I'll learn. One day, it only takes one accident. Um, but I would right away, I would imagine they'd try and mitigate it in the, in the So I'm, I'm sorry, there just seems like a whole bunch of things all around that are, that are incomplete here. Is that music to take us to the break? Nope.
3: It's just miscellaneous music going on. I'm
2: sorry, Matt and Jared. It, it's
9: saying you've gone on too long.
2: No, 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 He's not. So, okay. So, what would you say to people? What do you do now? What would you say to people who are first hearing about this story? Or do you have any advice for parents?
9: Ultimately, the lesson is, you know, buckle your kids in, even at the shop. I mean, it was uh, that was what she took away from it was uh, we don't know what would have happened had she not even had Briggs buckled into the safety, uh, buckled into the seat. So, right. You know, like, that's all we can take from it at this point.
2: And that the guy, if nothing else, is a total prick because he should have apologized there on the spot. You didn't say it. I said it. If I were a dad, I would be upset with him. Matt George, thank you so much. If anything develops, please keep us posted, okay? Yes, sir. we Will do. And his name is Matt. His name is not Michael. It happened at Michael's. And that is a creepy story, man. I don't know. It is creepy. I I know we're supposed to be tolerant of everybody, but I don't have a lot of tolerance for people who go around just snatching up kids with no eye contact.
3: douchey thing to do. Don't do it. It is douchey.
2: At least... And now, Samantha B punctuates her salient point with extreme profanity while wearing a cool leather jacket.
0: So you know what, Republicans? <laughs> F- you, right? Am I right? Look at my jacket.
2: And now, back to your programming.
1: When it's time to party, we will party hard. <laughs>
2: Glad to be back. Amped up. Amped up. Ready to go. Skag 3 after the break. After the break, we're going to have one that. Yeah, after the break. No, wait, no. We got two segments, then then Skag. Gosh, we're all over the map. We've been trying to really plan these shows a little better, a little tighter, and so sometimes it gives me a little less room to just sort of do the free flow. Okay, we talked about this last week. So let me set this up. This guy, Michael Woods Jr., has been on, um, I, I don't know if I would say Friend... Uh, I would like to say friend, but I don't know him that well, but uh, a, a man who I respect, Joe Rogan, I've been on his program. Michael Woods Jr. has been on Joe Rogan's program several times, and people were asking me and him to get together to do a debate. So, this is the clip they were sending me. Uh, a disrespect beef or a drug war beef can lead to that shooting. I want to have
9: you sit down with someone who's a gun proponent. Good luck. What do you mean, good luck? I've been here for a year doing this day in and day out, challenging everyone from Sam Harris to whoever. They're not going to. They're not going to do this. The evidence is on my side. Well, they, they're not going to do what? Have they're a not going to have a debate, a debate because oh,
2: they certainly would. I could definitely set that up. Set it up. Okay. Right.
9: Well, I could set it up, my friend Justin.
2: So the reason we did that, uh, the reason he, we're doing this is because he said no one would. So I sent out a tweet to him. Now let me be clear: saying, gladly would love to have a discussion on my program. It would you know be effective. We can do it wherever. Uh, He tweeted this out, I have this up on my screen. All right, we will see what Joe says, and if it doesn't work, we can do on a recorded Skype or something, my DMs are open. So that's great, Uh, I was happy to see that. Now, after that, we tried to book Michael Woods Jr. Let me bring this up here, here is the next order. Uh, This is uh, Naki Jared, Steven's producer. Does this time work? He said, I will be in LA doing pre-planned media all week, won't be able to schedule until I get back to the East Coast. I said, okay, thanks. You let me know. Open invite. Be well. This is how we left it. After this point, Michael Woods Jr. went out publicly on Twitter and said, new rules. I'll only do the debate if you give to this GoFundMe. And I don't remember what it was. He claims it wasn't for him, it was for charity. And so people got on him about it because he's changing the terms. So I said, well, what? Hold, hold on a second. Why, why, why are you doing this? You agreed to debate. And then he, as you see on here, he said a debate, he started direct messaging me after he went public, mind you. And he released our private emails publicly first. It's important to note that. He said a debate means a proper debate. Going on your show is an entirely different story. Act professional. I just showed you. He said we can do a pre-record on Skype. It was his suggestion. So I told him that I didn't ask for a debate. I asked for a discussion. He was the one who used the word debate. And, um... Let me just give you his final correspondence here, and then we'll get into the digging that we've done. He said, I'm willing to essentially do your challenge, but as you should, as a good person, attempt to raise the donations for the youth attempting to be a good citizen. In good fun, not for you to come and be nice here and talk crap publicly. We can do it in person as well. So anyways, he kept changing the terms of debate. He, He has no interest in debating me. Let me say this one thing. Every now and then I think Joe might watch or listen to the program. He then was trying to leverage this, we talked about this last week, to get on the Joe Rogan show. I would love to debate him on Joe Rogan's show. I'll debate him on any show, like you saw with Sky News. That's fine. But I would never uh, be so pompous as to try and leverage this program, which is a decently viewed, listened to program for sure, onto Joe's program, which is a mammoth program. It's not appropriate for me. Michael Wood Jr. has no problem doing it. I invited him to the platform that I have. And he said no and kept changing the terms. So it's important to note that. Because here are a few things. We've finally done some digging into Michael Woods Jr. He claims no one wants to debate him, and it seems like every time someone calls him on it, it turns into some sort of money grab for him. So, his blog was uh, Goodreads. Here's his blog from a while ago. I've done some digging. Actually, my good friend R did some digging on him. And, and I hate to say this, and I would hate to see Joe led by the nose by someone who I think is a bit of a fraud. You can look at this and see uh, it wasn't about racism. It was all about pension. It was all about benefits. Here's a comment from back in 2012 from Michael Wood Jr. where we found where he's talking about, again, contact, contract dispute over pay raises. The provision of our retirement changed from 25 years to 20 years. Uh, college tuition reimbursement. Here's the thing. Before 2014 where he's come out and talked about the systemic racism, he never complained about it. He only complained about pension, about benefits, about pay, and he certainly seemed to have a persecution complex. Um, Which is... And then it always led back to shameless self-promoting of his books. That seems to be the common thread. Always promoting his books. As a matter of fact, here's something that really concerned me. I did some digging. Don't bring this up yet, Jared. I'll bring it up on the screen. Um, He's never named a specific instance when he talks about how he was injured and he left the force. Right? A lot of people think he left... No, he, he pulled his shoulder moving a desk. He always avoids specifics. I've looked through interviews. And um, his recent education, I have it here on LinkedIn. I did some digging. They come from what some people could consider Diploma Mills, Kaplan University, Davenport Campus. Uh, You can simply run a Google search to see some of the scandals associated there at Capella University. I don't know if many people would take a PhD from there. Seriously, there are some great online college programs. These tend to be in the realm of those that are seen as shady. Now, I'm not saying that to entirely discredit him, but it is something that kind of adds up. And whenever he would write blogs or go somewhere, he promotes his books. Uh, something he talks about right here, too, it's on his LinkedIn, the Police Leadership Association. This is something he talks about a lot, right? You have an association, you have a nonprofit. This is why I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be in any involved with any of his go, GoFundMe. Well, I looked at it. And if you go to the um, Police Leadership Association... The site's moved to pla I have it right here on my screen. So this is the association he claims. You know, to hold, try and be altruistic. Look, I'm helping police. Well, you click it. Goes to a web archive. All of them, by the way. It it just goes to places where you can buy his book. It goes back. My computer's being slow right now because we're running everything. And this is PLA Publishing, where you can go and buy his book. Many books. By the way, his writing isn't very good. Uh, don't bring this up on screen. I'll read you some... This is just me. Brief excerpt from his novel. With my left knee pinning his nuts to the concrete, right knee pinning his left arm down, left hand holding his head up, and right hand crushing his esophagus. Lots of commas. I look into his eyes. Are you the one who took from me? Emptiness. Are you the one who did it? Emptiness. I can see in his eyes that this effer has no idea what I'm talking about. It's like a 16-year-old emo kid. Listen, I don't want to get into just how crap this is. Was that, was that my...
3: Somebody, uh, uh, Was that your diary? diary, 20, diary or 60?
2: Man. Here's the deal, though. Um, nothing seems to check out. And when he's called on it and given an opportunity to clarify, he went on Joe Rogan, said no one would debate him. We were friendly. He changed the terms. I'd like to find out exactly where this police association is, because it doesn't exist, and he has no history of speaking out against racism until he left, and he made a career off of it, which he uses to push books and his associations. Maybe you guys can get me some more info, but nah, I smell something fishy. We'll be back. Okay, business time. Really simple. Some of you don't know where to find me. LouderwithCrowder.com, half a dozen to ten articles every single day. Twitter. Follow me at S Crowder, louder with Crowder podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other podcasting device. YouTube.com/slash Stephen Crowder, or you can type in Stephen Crowder on Facebook and be one of the million plus fans. Or join the mailing list. There are so many ways for you to stay connected. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. Just like you have no excuse for those rolls that are just cascading over your belt buckle. You should be ashamed. Unless you're a lady, then you deserve him. Get her a medal. And now for late night show prep with Seth Myers. Hello. Hi, Seth. This is Hillary Clinton. I just wanted to make sure that you got those talking points we sent over. Yep, all set. And now back to your program. Glad to be back, and we're going to have Skag Three after the break. Up and coming YouTuber, yes. former liberal, who's opened his mind a little bit. We'll have hopefully a good discussion. Get into his story and also where he lines up on the current election. And, and it's become so divisive now. I feel like you're either a liberal or a former liberal. You're not kind of half. There's it. no middle. I think it, I think
3: social media has so much to do with that too. You got the polarizing that happens on social media. You know, you got people coming farther right, farther left. Facebook's only giving you what you want to see. Right. It's a good I think you're seeing a lot. I think, I think a lot of today's problems are going on in social media.
2: Well, I don't, I don't consider myself a centrist at all. I'm entirely open that I'm very far right. But if you look at this program, we constantly have voices of opposition. Half of our sources are from liberal websites. The reason our stories at louderwithcrowder.com are different is because usually we're getting them from leftist sites. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the right sites just recycle the same stuff. Matter of fact, this week was a good example of that rape story in Twin Falls, Idaho. Everyone recycled something. But there was no real substantiation. There was no source. So I actually called up a woman who claimed the rape story was false of these refugees. She claimed the, uh, I don't know if it's DA or the the prosecutor, the official term. And she said that he said none of this was true. Well, I called her. She didn't have any sources at all. I called him and uh, I didn't get in touch with him. But then, after looking it up, the case was sealed, so there is no way the claims mm. she made could have been true. But there's also no way the claims that the a lot of the right wing propagandists made could have been true. It yeah. seems like the truth lay, is somewhere there in the middle. But I'm I'm a, we're, we're comedian. You know, I'm a comedian. We're entertainers. This is an entertainment program, and I'm amazed that nobody does this. And again, please don't don't rely on me for information. We get things wrong. We issue corrections on the show very often, but we really do try. And that was one of those stories where I felt disappointed from the right and the left. Okay, speaking of truth. We have a new segment here on Louder with Crowder. We're going to be doing them more regularly because a lot of people have asked to sort of boil some arguments in a way that's succinct and shareable. So this week, in the new segment, top five crappiest, top five crappiest myths surrounding gun control. That was short. It just kind of ended.
3: I faded back to you. Oh, could you fade it back. Could have me. gone better.
2: All right, so we have a few gun control myths, and not Gay Jared will be operating his. Uh, he's got all this, these, these inserts to bring up. Uh, this is important right now because these are the big myths that the lefts it, that they're pushing, right, with the Democratic sit-in. Um, let's hit myth number one. You hear this a lot that assault rifles are a popular choice for mass shootings. People can hear me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So that's not true. That's not even close to true. We put assault rifles in quotes because it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Handguns are actually responsible for at least 80% of murders, of gun-related homicides. And here's something, too. Um, When we talk about this, we're taking the most generous stats we can give to the left. Because you can find stats that say well over 90% are handguns. Most mass shootings are carried out with handguns people need to understand that. This idea, its it, you're talking single-digit numbers uh, as far as percentage points of people who are using the scary rifles, like an AR-15 that wasn't even used in Orlando. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It is not a choice of mass shooters, generally speaking. It is not, certainly not a, a constant in firearm-related homicide. If anything, it's the opposite. Myth, completely untrue. Let's go to number two. <laughs> Number two, it's easier to get a gun than a driver's license. This one never made sense to me.
3: No. Uh, every liberal site seems to have their top like fifty-five things that are easier to get than a gun. Right. And you it's just every single one of them is like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah, because you got a squash.
2: Some, yeah, squash. Vegetable. Vegetables. Organic fruit. Yeah. I think it is with an E B T card. Um, here's what's so funny. Anyone out there ever bought a firearm? You need a driver's license. Or a state-comparable ID, anyone who's not had a driver's license, generally speaking, a state-comparable ID is harder to get than a driver's license. Yeah. You typically just use a driver's license because it's the easiest. A lot of people in New York, they'll just do kind of the driver's license, do the test because it's the easiest still thing to get. You don't really want to go down to Secretary of State and do a state-issued IDs. Um, so that's important. Now, a driver driver's license is not a fundamental right. Owning a firearm is. Here are a couple of things. Uh, yes, cars are much more dangerous than guns. Period. Car fatalities, far outpace gun fatalities. It's not even close. Now, I understand the argument that you'll make, well, a gun can be, a gun only has one purpose, whereas cars have other purposes. Here's the thing, a gun can be used entirely passively, putting no one at risk. If I have a gun on my hip, it is of danger to no one. Anytime you use your car, your vehicle, its purpose is to transport you from point A to point B. You are putting other people at risk. Carrying a gun does not inherently put other people at risk. You behind a wheel, no matter how good of a driver you are, puts that person at more risk than having even a loaded weapon on your hip. That's important to know. And that's why it's harder to get a driver's license, which you need to get your gun or state comparable ID, than uh, a gun in some ways, in the sense that you have to pass, uh, uh, well, you have to jump through some hoops to get a driver's license to show that you can drive the car. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, um, when you get a driver's license, have you had a criminal background check? No. Can you get a driver's license if you're a felon? Yes. What if you're a domestic abuser? Yes. What if you have mental illness? Yes. You can still get a driver's license. Not so with a firearm. You ever had to do a background check to get a driver's license? Not usually, no. No. Never. So, cars are much more dangerous than guns. You also have to be uh, 18 to get a firearm in, in most states, from what I understand. Yep. Is it all states? Everyone that I've encountered. Okay, 18, yes, 16 Dubai. to get a driver's license. Yeah, or 15 and a half to get your permit. Right. Maybe 14, sometimes. Long story short... Driver, uh, cars are much more dangerous than guns, and uh, it is much easier to get a driver's license than buy a firearm. But then again, if you've ever actually bought a firearm, you don't buy the BS because you know that. Let's go to myth number three. Gun-free zones prevent mass shootings. No. This one is really simple. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. 92% of mass shootings since 2009 occurred in gun-free zones. Listen doesn't take an incredible logical leap to understand this. If you're a shooter, you're going to find the easiest target. The easiest target is an area where you're guaranteed there are no firearms. Miss number four. Concealed carry holders don't stop violent crime. This is one, and Michael Woods Jr. likes to use this one a lot. Um, well, there are tons of examples, okay, of concealed carry holders stopping crime. Naki Jarrett has brought these up. with Uber drivers, guy in Cincinnati, uh, customer carrying concealed weapon shoots suspected bank robber, firefighter off-duty, cops off-duty. Um, it's, 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 there are so many anecdotal stories, okay? So that's obviously untrue. Here's something that people don't tell you. This is a really important statistic and something that's funny about, about gun control proponents. Um Guns, when they, according to the CDC, by the way, Obama said you weren't allowed, the CDC wasn't allowed to conduct any research. They did. Here's what they found. Uh, firearms on a yearly basis. Now, it's hard to measure because most incidents involving a firearm defensively, it's never fired. So sometimes they're not reported properly. That's why there's such a wide swath between 500,000 to over 3,000,000. Do we have this on the... We don't. We don't? Okay. I'll bring this up on the screen afterwards. Between 500,000 to over 3 million, we'll have the link in the description, uh, per year incidents of firearms used defensively. Okay? That means that at the absolute lowest figure, there are at least as many incidents of defensive uh, uses of firearms as there are bad guys using them against good people. And if you use the highest figure, it's many times more the amount of times a gun is used defensively from the good guy. So that's going to that be, and this is from the CDC. The, these are undeniable statistics that people don't want to tell you. So not only anecdotally do you hear about these things all the time, but yes, guns are used defensively in millions of cases. And uh, here's another chart too: concealed carry. Now, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but if you look at concealed carry as it has gone up, violent crime has steadily gone down. Does it mean that that's because of concealed carry? No, but it does prove verifiably that an increase in concealed carry certainly does not result in increased crime. The trend would be decreased crime. It's not necessarily because of concealed carry, but certainly. There are more guns now in the population than ever. Than ever. Than ever. Than ever. And violent crime is lower and gun crime is gun, lower. Yeah. Uh, okay, last miss. Number five. That gun control laws actually work. I'll toss this to you. You can go, email me through ladderwithcrowder.com or tweet me at scrader. Um, Can anyone name me any law or proposed laws on the table that would stop mass shootings? That would have stopped this last one. Anything. The no fly list? No. Guy wasn't on the no fly list. Background uh, loophole? There was no loophole here. Magazine? I mean, come on, listen. Anyone can get a magazine. I, I'm trying to not go into the fact that obviously criminals will still commit crime, therefore, they'll buy guns illegally. That's the most obvious one. But let's assume even going through legal avenues right now. Is there any proposed law right here that would have stopped these? Let me give you some stats right here. Uh, we have this up from Conservative Review. Fantastic gun murders on a decline since the 90s. Um, anyway, we, have we could give you stats until we're blue in the face. If anyone can name me some gun control legislation that would have stopped this, I'm eager to hear it. Here's the thing. There are proposed legis- uh, gun control legislation, uh, pieces of gun control legislation out there. That had been ignored by the left. Project Exile. We've talked about that. This is th- this basically equates they to... They hate that one. Yeah. Really harsh penalties for felons carrying firearms or carrying a firearm that's not legal. Mm-hmm. Very serious sentences. Uh, we have it up at cuttercom I don't have the numbers right in my head. I want to say it was five years, and then your second offense was like 20 years. Very, very serious crime. And what did it do? It worked. It was in Virginia. They, they did this. They basically did some test studies, and they found that this reduced illegal firearms... Uh, them being carried by a remarkable percentage. The reason leftists oppose it is they said that it disproportionately targeted minorities. So Project Exile did work. It's something that works without infringing on any law-abiding citizen's right. What's required is to find the illegal gun, so a crime is being committed, as opposed to the no-fly list, where you could not have you, you could not have even been accused of a crime, uh, have never been involved with terrorism, and simply have your Second Amendment rights stripped of you, Project Exile requires proof that you are currently committing a crime because that gun is illegal. So it infringes on your rights none whatsoever, only criminals. And it worked. And the left opposed it. But I want to know, what kind of gun control laws proposed... Do we have an outro here? We do. Oh, okay. Roll that? Tweet me at S. Crider. What gun control laws would have stopped this? I still want to know. Crowd is this is been a top five. five list. I think we're going to a break now. We're going to break. We have like a couple seconds. We do have a couple seconds. All right, bye. We'll see you. Skag 3 coming up after this. Stay tuned.
0: To episode 349 of the Game of Thrones fandom podcast. I want to take this opportunity to use a platform that Eugene and I have created and influence we have to send a direct message to George Martin, the brilliant and prolific creator of Game of Thrones, as well as its original inspirational content, the fictional series of A Song of Fire and Ice. George, your fans are crying out to you. There has been a noticeable decrease in quality on the Game of Thrones show and your fans who have been loyally supporting you what more boobs and butts! If the show doesn't have the boobs and butts, I just go watch the Lord of the Rings! Yeah, but I think Game of Thrones is, is more grown up than Lord of the Rings! No, it's not the point Eugene! It's not about age appropriate content or the rigging the fire! Listen! If there's no boobs and busts, it's not game of drones, George! 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 Get your together, George! Your fans Watch you get returned return to form!
4: And we have a we have a gamer here. He's
2: well he's dancing with us at the break. I couldn't Bold see man. I was so involved in my own dance. So uh really quickly, I've followed his stuff on YouTube. Very intelligent guy. We agree on a lot of stuff. We disagree on some stuff, but he seems reasonable. He's pretty funny too. YouTube.com slash C slash Skag. Three. He's rebranding, so that'll be easier. But I do recommend checking out his channel. Uh, and and I'm trying to keep track of the right name. So so we'll go with Matt right
5: now. Matt, thanks for being with us. S- sounds awesome. Pleasure to be here. Sorry about my dancing skills. That no. was uh, I haven't done it since high school prom. I think maybe well, the last time. Well, we
2: shouldn't have done it since high school prom, but we do it yeah. anyway. So <laughs> I wouldn't feel guilty about it. Um, okay, so Mr. Skag. Uh, for uh, some people call you Skagganator, I think that's a thing.
1: Um, yeah sure. sure. <laughs> so you you have a, a lot ch- of
5: variations.
2: <laughs> you have a channel. You started out doing gaming stuff, and now you've mm-hmm. come out and you've you've obviously been sort of in support of this freedom of speech movement, anti sort of social justice left. I don't want to miscategorize you. I know you've, from what I understand, you've represented yourself as pro free speech, but sort of fiscally maybe more liberal. Am I getting that right? I mean that's where I've been
5: historically. Uh, I, you know, I've I've been a lifelong Democratic voter, which I guess isn't terribly long. That Ooh. only goes back to 08. Okay. But yeah. Um, and oh wait, it's I long guess- enough. Oh wait, it's long enough man. You've, <laughs> your damage is done <laughs> But you, you might be pleased to know that changed this time around so okay. you know the times they are changing but um, but yeah I used to be in gaming and uh, You know the the games I played Call of Duty and stuff that got a little bit stale the games got bad And so I dabbled started dabbling in um, social commentary stuff and what really kind of got me going Last year, the big standout incident uh, that I kind of made my name for, uh, a name for myself on was the Nicole Arbor incident where she, you know, committed the high crime of making fun of the uh, fat the people, overweight people. Yeah. And we call, them, we call about, them
2: walruses. This is the term they prefer. It's yeah, hard to keep well, track
5: of the words. Yes. But that's exactly it. Lots of people use that terminology. And yet, for some reason, this, this woman is crucified. Right. And so, you know, she has her moments. She's not my favorite comedian by any stretch. But oh, she's a movement... social justice leftist herself, but I still had to defend her on that issue. Yeah, and uh, and and that's when it really all this stuff kind of really started standing out to me because there was this big movement to, you know, false flag her off YouTube, get get her, I don't know, put her put her to the death penalty, whatever. There was this whole pitchfork nation against her. And um, and that's what really no, got those, me. Th- those were fat people. Those, those were just their st- standard <laughs> <Those> force. <are laughs>
2: standard <forks. laughs> You misinterpreted it.
5: I'm yeah. sorry. You knew what you and signed so, up for when you came on here. Sorry, I Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but that's been. Uh, if I could pinpoint any any point where I started to my eyebrows started to raise with um, you know my former political friends, it's moments like that where it's like okay we can have. Uh, disputes about what's tasteful and what you want to watch for entertainment or you don't, but I'm not going to sit here and start thought policing you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you can and can't watch or what can or can't be posted on the internet. Right.
2: Yeah, well, that's a good point, and it's it's a cultural censorship, too, even if it doesn't happen officially, right? They try and downvote it and downflag it so people like Nicole Arbor, whoever it is, can't get sponsorships or, or you know, the algorithms no longer favor them. It's it's It, it really is... Um, whether it's, we're not just talking about the First Amendment, right? We're talking about people actively trying to culturally just eliminate
5: voices. Well, and, I, and I always get enjoyment out of people who say, well, we're not talking about the government censoring you. This isn't a First Amendment issue. Well, yeah, but the First Amendment is an articulation of our values. Right. It is, it is the foundation for how we've built our society. So, yeah, there's no, there's no feds coming to stop Nicole Arbor or stop me or stop you yet. We'll see. Yeah. But... Uh, but it's a it's a statement of our cultural values. And and do we do we want to reflect that value or don't we? And I, I'm very fearful if we stop reflecting that value. It's a good point. Yeah, it is. It is a reflection uh, of of not
2: only our values in the Constitution values then, but values that were meant to be timeless. And, uh, and we've talked about that. And we go obviously right now to the Second Amendment with that issue. We can get into that. So, OK, I want to go back, though. You said this is the first time you're not a registered Democrat. Does that mean you are registered independent? Are you going
5: No, they're they're actually, so I'm, I live in Montana. Uh, We don't do the, the, you can, it's, it's open primary. You can vote however you want. Okay. Uh, I did vote Trump. I did vote Trump in the Montana primary May 7th or June 7th. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Which is my first major Republican vote. It's the first time. And why was that? What made you make that decision? Uh, For now, I want to see the right heads explode and I want to watch the campaign. It, it's it's uh, okay. less of a political endorsement but who doesn't want to watch the Trump Hillary debates? And it was over by the time I voted. Right. But who doesn't want to watch the protests in Cleveland at the convention? Who doesn't want to watch the Hillary Trump debates? Who doesn't want to watch that political theater? So right now I'm voting entertainment.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, at least he's honest about it. This is
5: honest yeah. about it. But but I will say this, I I don't think there is a scenario in which I can vote for uh, Secretary Clinton. I don't think it's going to happen. So for me, it's going to be, do I want to vote with a middle finger to the social justice left and watch their heads explode? Or do I I just want to abstain? right and so that's that's kind of the
2: i think trump joins him in a lot of ways i mean you're talking about a guy who wants to increase libel laws a guy who you know is pro using whatever bathroom you want and spoke out against people who disagree with it like he's not really a freedom of speech guy he pisses off the right people but not necessarily for the right
5: reasons well and he's all over the place it's hard to say do you support trump why on what issue well I mean, he's been for this and against that and for this and against that. It's hard to nail him down on what exactly he would want to do or what exactly he plans to do. Right. So I don't, I don't necessarily know what policy I'm voting for by voting for him necessarily. I just right. know that he's, he's making the right people mad and I want to watch him be mad. I
2: understand that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan, but I've always had to defend him whenever leftists, well, building a wall is racist. No, listen, I don't like him because, like you said, he's inconsistent and I don't trust him. But building a wall is not racist. Calling Rosie O'Donnell fat is not sexist. The reasons I have a problem with him are not the reasons the left hates him.
5: And isn't that frustrating? I mean, to me, as someone who enjoys watching political theater, and I like watching the the debates in the same way people like watching their, you know, whatever Netflix show or things like that, but... Mm -hmm. To me, Trump seems like a candidate you should be able to hit hard and defeat when pressing him on issues. Right. You know, if you nail him down on these inconsistencies in the debate, or if you're a reporter and you ask him the tough questions, he should be fairly easy to expose that way. And you know, what do we have? We're talking about sexism. We're talking about racism. We're talking about these, Rac- these the low hanging fruit that maybe it sticks with some people, but but for people who Can see past that? I don't know that it does too much.
2: we have to go to a break. We'll bring you back. Matt, Skag Something Something louder with Crudder. We'll get it right after this. (laughs) Outdoor hunting and defense accessories. How can I help
7: you? Hi, this is Neil Steinberg of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I was hoping to uh, visit your establishment and purchase a semi- Automatic
2: assault rifle? Neil,
4: piece of shit, Steinberg. That's what we call you. I know who you are. I've
2: heard all about you. Uh, that's not my middle name. It is around here. Uh,
7: I, I don't think that's a fair accusation at all.
2: You're the guy who tried to buy an AR-15 when you were an alcoholic, and you beat your wife. Yeah, you're, you're piece of shit, Steinberg. I would appreciate it if you don't. Matter of fact, I got your picture here, on the wall, Next to a piece of actual human shit for reference, just in case anybody forgot. That just seems like overkill. It's a big one, it's a big ol' piece of shit. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Glad to have this gentleman on YouTube.com slash C slash Skag3, but we'll go with Matt today. Matt, thank you for staying with us. Thank you much. We went to our evil corporate overlords. I'm getting loose in the shoulders here. So, okay, historically you said that you you were, I guess, sort of free speech, but more fiscally liberal. Um, I remember watching a video where, I was, I'm was. i not going to lie, I was a little disappointed because you said, I think that the Democratic Party does more for the poor, something along those lines. Um, I want to know, ha- has that changed, or has it stayed the same, in, in, and why?
5: Well, I, I you know, I will say that historically, and, and maybe wrongly or rightly, it seemed to me that the Democratic Party was speaking more to uh, the issues of working people, whether you agree with that or not. Sure. Um, and they also spoke more to you know, what I would also like to be an advocate for responsible public investment. I think there are good things that the government can achieve, uh, and there are good things for the government to invest in. And I think historically, uh, Democratic candidates have spoken to that. Well, I, I shouldn't even say candidates, because what are we talking about here? We're talking about Obama. We're talking about eight years. Right. Um, so you know, I, I'm not a policy expert on these things, okay. but but that's the way I've leaned, and and to me, it's become. Uh, with reference to, to what you were just describing. Uh, in that particular video, it's like, yeah, you know, I've leaned this way, but if you're going to put uh, more foundational ideas as the cost to supporting those types of policies, I'm not with you. Right. If we don't agree on free speech, if we don't agree on due process, if we don't agree on a lot of constitutional principles, I don't care about debates about economics or investment or foreign policy. If we... If we uh, betray those foundational values, and and to me, it seems like it's becoming a choice between those things. and that's I think that's you're really
2: right. I th- I, well, I, I, two things there that you, you you pointed out that I think are are important. Um yeah, I think it has become a choice. I think people need to understand, because, you know, I've been doing this for a long time on YouTube. and of course, every single atheist was a liberal who thought the tea Party was racist, and how dare you? And now a lot of them have come around because they realize the only people who are really in their corner, with freedom of speech, are conservatives, Christian, atheist, agnostic or not. There is no major contingency of the left today who support free speech. They may think so, like these Bernie people. They think so. They come on our channel and they're so mad. And the reason I ask you, um, and I think you answered my question, is because I, I have talked with Gadset about this, uh, I think Sargon of about this. You know, economic authoritarianism is still authoritarianism. And if you look at them in their verticals, you know, obviously constitutionalism, conservatism, whatever you want to call it, has always, regardless of the name you give it, has always leaned in the direction of freedom, whereas socialism, uh, democratic socialism, as though that changes it, (laughs) uh, big government has always leaned toward control and security. Um, And so I've always thought it was, I think a lot of people are kind of taking the step, you are not to uh, assume where you are, but I think I've seen some people and talked to them behind the scenes who fancy themselves fiscally liberal going, I just... I don't know if I can reconcile this with, with my other beliefs because freedom is freedom.
5: Yeah, well, and there are too many sacred cows on the left, too. And, and right. it, every time there's a debate, you know, you and I might be a certain distance apart when it comes to what we think appropriate tax policy is or what we think appropriate public investment is. Who knows? But right. I don't, when I hear you describe what your philosophy is, I don't assume malice on your part and yeah. I think that's a huge problem right now is well you disagree with me so that means you're a scumbag that means you hate poor people that means you hate minorities that means you hate this that means you hate that and if not gonna lie
2: a- at least three out of the four you just said are true
5: <laughs> well, uh, of the many things that uh, people of your persuasion are persuading me on, maybe you'll get me there, too. Yeah, no, uh, You. Just, just, you
2: are, the minorities are horrible. Um, no, I think I'm <laughs>
5: sorry. Go ahead. sorry no, I was gonna say I'm bummed. I missed out on the cultural appropriation, too. If I had known beforehand, I would have got in. On well, that, yeah, but. you came in on a later segment. Uh, yeah. This week is Africa. So when you
2: go in, we have to change clothes because sometimes yeah, we have yeah. really serious guests on and it's a liability. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ted Cruz is coming back. Um, So okay, so I I understand where you're lining up on that. Let me ask you this right now Obviously a hot topic issue
5: is the second amendment. (laughs) Yeah guns. Where are you on this? Well, man, this is really frustrating and and I've spent a a few videos the last couple videos on my channel talking about this because As someone who has been kind of on, on the left as a voter for the last few years You hear the things that they say And and they talk about common sense regulation and all these things. And and to someone who's not necessarily as informed on the issue, like, oh yeah, it makes sense that people shouldn't have machine guns, right? Right. But this is an issue... Where the more I dig into it, the more it seems clear that there, I hate when issues are this simple, but I really do believe it is people who are informed versus people who are uninformed.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're and, right.
5: I was just talking about not, about this. One.
2: It is an issue that requires an uninformed voting base uh, yeah. who don't know what a semi-automatic is, who yep. don't know what the no-fly list is, and who don't know that an assault weapon doesn't exist, and you can't get a machine gun without a background check. It requires those people in order to be pushed through.
5: Yeah. And, and, and when you look into these, quote unquote, common sense regulations, the less common sense they make, like the common sense regulation right now is, hey, if you're if you're on one of the two lists, you're not going to you're not going to be able to get a weapon. So we're going right. to deny you your second amendment. Right. We're also going to deny you due process because that's common sense. Right. I think it was what Trey Gowdy and uh, at a House hearing this week. Who basically was asking uh, someone testifying? I forget. Well, you what just his outed yourself. Was, if he's talking about Trey Gowdy, there's no way he's <laughs> even.
2: There's not even a shred of Democrat left in him. If his <laughs> but, audience but, what, thought so, what he
5: said was Trey can Gowdy. You, can you? You, he, <laughs> you went to the right real, of Attila the Hun, my friend. Go ahead. What what he what he said was really important, though. What he asked her was, "Can you name another constitutional right that we would take away and then require you to petition the government to return?" And of course, that was a question that could not be answered. Now I, we might have some debate about is the Second Amendment. Uh, you and I probably wouldn't have that debate, but some people might. Is the sure. Second Amendment necessary or is it not? But I really believe the only honest people on the gun control side these days are the ones who want repeal of the amendment. There's, right. there's that's not the that's not the position that I want or agree with, but theirs is the position that is consistent with the facts and makes sense.
2: It's a good, it's the only tenable position for the left to say I want to yes. ban guns because I don't think the Constitution was right. I think the founding fathers are wrong, and uh, let's go through the amendment pro- and get rid of it completely. And that's what the that's what Supreme Court justices did. I talked about that, you know. And again, people see the stuff that's sort of outrageous, but if you watch the show, it's pretty substantive. We talked about that that Heller versus DC, and the the rulings against it are just as important as important as the ultimate total ruling for it. Right? Was it was it five? Four to five, I believe. A five four. They were saying yeah. no people don't have the argument against it. wasn't magazine capacity. It wasn't semi. It was none of that. It was no people don't have a fundamental right to own any firearms whatsoever. When it comes down mm-hmm.
5: legally, that's the only argument they felt they could make. Yeah. And and I have plenty of friends who have made that argument to me this last week because I've been talking about it a lot. And I don't agree. And I am nervous that people are so eager to surrender their right to self-defense to the state. Right. And I'd be curious. The, the one thing that's so interesting to me, is like, and, you know, I, I am a firearm owner and I don't I don't shoot them uh, recreation. I don't hunt. I rarely go target shooting because I just don't want to buy the ammo, that kind of thing. Right. But if someone comes in my home with malicious intent, yeah, they're going to stare down the barrel of that firearm. And rightfully so. And and a lot of the argument is, well, have you ever needed it? Well, I've never needed the majority of the safety equipment in my life. I've never been in a car crash that required a seatbelt. I've never been in a burning building that required a fire extinguisher. I've never needed these things, but I'm happy that they're there. And I wouldn't want to surrender that protection to the state because if someone comes in here and I call the cops, I would rather not wait for the cops to get here as fast as they may be.
2: Black lives matter. Let's make sure the cops are the only, only one with guns. (laughs) Only one. Only one. That was Sean King. It's okay because it's an impression of a white guy sounding like a black guy. Um right. I I yeah. that's one thing it's complete like we've talked about that where and I've had Sargana where we disagree, but I go, Okay, I can understand that. It is an entirely untenable position for someone like Sean King or DeRay to say cops are racist, the judicial system is inherently uh, biased and slanted toward white privilege. Um, the military industrial complex is not to be trusted, and then believe in disarming everyone who's not a part of those institutions. It's just not a tenable position. Um but like you said, there there are people who go, eh, you know what? I trust the government, I trust their authority, ban all guns, I have more respect for that. Kind of like yeah. I have more respect for you just saying you're voting entertainment than trying to do the mental gymnastics for oh, I'm Trump. I'm not pretending,
5: yeah. <laughs> I, I won't pretend.
2: No, no, it's well worth it. Okay, so let me ask you this. Full disclosure, and I'm not going to I'm not going to try and run you through the ringer. So you voted for Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Tea Party came out and there was this protest and these conservatives, because it seems like your awakening happened a little later, were yeah, you on absolutely. the side of thinking they were... Racist they were
5: rednecks they were dummies. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far But I often wonder because those, that's when I was in school and when I was in college. Uh, it wasn't as Crazy as it was now. I often wonder how how far away was I from um, becoming a Trigglypuff or something like <laughs> that Um, Well, I don't know about two dump trucks. I went went to a college with, I think there were two people in the college Republicans, and they held a pizza party for their first meeting, so everyone would go, uh, and there was like, you know, uh, maybe 20, 30 people there for that, and then they didn't show up. Nobody showed up the next week for the actual meeting. Um, But... Sounds as like college the, Republicans. Yeah, but as far as the Tea Party question, <laughs> tea you know, I, I, I probably, what I probably saw was the caricature of them, the people holding the signs like, keep your damn government hands off my Medicare and that kind of stuff. And so I don't think there was ever a time where I gave them, where I, I treated them seriously necessary, necessarily, but I don't remember a time in my life where I thought, um, yeah, their motivations are bigotry or okay. their motivations are, Hatred for people on account of you know stupid issues X Y or C. Well, that's important. Um, the
2: reason I ask it, the reason it's important, is because it's it's a chicken or the egg thing. Where I'm wondering, okay, are people like you? Did you were you there and you learned better, or were you people who inherently were thinking critically no. and willing to hear the other side? Because if I, I'm going like I'm, I, ha- I got to have hope that someone like uh, Janine Garofalo at some point. Can become like a like a Skag 3, but I don't yeah. think so. So that's why
5: I asked the question. No, to I'll tell you, I'll tell you how my evolution has happened and is happening and possibly will evolve further. And that is because of the assault on the most important value and the most important issue, when I see freedom of speech being eroded, either as a legal issue or as a cultural issue. I start listening to people on the other side and I think like, no, there's people who have to be thinking in the same way I am that are worried about this. So I find people like you. I find people like Milo and I start listening to them. And then you talk about, you know, all the other issues you care about, X, Y, and Z. And then that sorts of, that, that'll spark uh, interest in my mind as well. And I'll start thinking, well, you know, I've been on the other side of this historically, but I haven't considered that position.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, we, we do try and we, the years are, we can't get liberals to come on the show. What is it this week? DL Hughley? Duck, Michael wood jr it's a real problem so I'm glad that there are people out there like you who may disagree on some points where we can because we cannot get people
5: to come on here vocally and disagree they book and then they leave they never show up well the problem is my list of disagreements are shrinking so people keep asking me like how are you a liberal and I'm like oh well I used to have like 10 reasons now there's like half a reason maybe <laughs> yeah uh, we'll see we'll see I don't know talk to me uh, well talk to me once Hillary wins and the people are knocking at my door to take away oh me you firearms. just opened
2: the can of worms yeah. you think she's winning yeah. you think it's President Hillary Clinton
5: I actually don't if I were a betting man which I sometimes am but if I could go to Vegas <laughs> and put money on it right now I would put the money on Trump even at even odds okay yeah,
2: I, I think don't think it's going to
5: happen. I, I, well, except he's just been in a death spiral recently. Uh, yeah, but it's still early. And at the end of the day, this is a hate contest. That's why this is so fun. Who do you hate? I mean, we always talk about the you know the the um, picking the the least of two evils. But this is this is so much. Beyond this is so far beyond that it's the most hated candidates of all time. That's know, so man. fun. I'm excited I know
2: but Republicans saw the num- number two most hated politician ever and they ran the number one most hated candidate ever I'm going like I I don't see how you you do the math, but It will be one hell of a show. I will give you that okay, uh, Matt Where's the best place for people to find you before we leave you? Yes,
5: it's my youtube channel That is youtube.com slash C slash three And is uh, there two G's in Skag or one? Yeah, there's two G's. And then it's on Twitter as well. It's at (laughs) S-K-A-G-G underscore, your favorite underscore, three. Yes, my favorite underscore. And his
2: email address is at Hotmail. And he does the AOL Messenger. Oh. Oh, we're going out to Sonic. Uh, you've got to be. We were Sonic people. So, okay. Well, Matt, thank you so much. But we'll have to have you back and just find something you hate me on and disagree with. And then we can yeah. duke it out and have like a Bill O'Reilly freak out moment. Sounds awesome. S- slash C slash Skag 2Gs 3. Lotta with Crowder. Stay tuned um, for more hate speech. Prob- there would probably be hate speech. Hate speech. And now for this week's installment of The View Recap. Now back to your programming. Glad to be back with you. I just broke the law. Just kidding. Just kidding. I have one too. No, these aren't adult beverages. We would never do that. They're filled oh. with water. Root beer. They're props. We're about to shoot another video that involves root beer. Uh, glad to be with you. Thanks so much to Ryan Skagg. Uh, is there an underscore? Just Skagg? Underscore three. Skag underscore three. At Skag underscore three. We're wrapping up this show for you in a nice Hey, listen. Let me tell you something. That uh, Michael Woods Jr. is a... Uh, listen, I try to be nice with the guy. He's a coward. He obviously has no intent, intention of debating. Um, Pierce Morgan has said that his... He called me a little twerp and said he will debate me anytime. That's harsh. So, uh, Pierce Morgan, your challenge gratefully accepted. And uh, as far as terms, name him. My show. I don't know if he still has a show. My show, your show. Uh, we can do it on here with breaks live on radio. We can do it. And we've done this with like Harrison Greenbaum or uh, a few people who demanded this. We can pre tape it. No breaks, no time limits, no talking points, period. Whatever you want to do, so long as it doesn't end up like like costing you money and making you money with a GoFundMe or some kind of extravagant fee. We can do this thing for free. We can do it over Skype. We can do it any way you want it. That's the way you need it. That's the way. Morgan needs it in a way that he probably doesn't want it, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Pierce Morgan, he's put it out there. Michael Woods Jr. put it out there. D.L. Hughley. Who do we have now? D.L. Hughley. Duck. I can't tell if he's a Dodger or just a busy guy. Or, an un- of, or just an unreliable guy. Yeah, a little unorganized. Jill Sobule from Bernie Sanders campaign. Yep. Duck. Uh, Michael Woods Jr., of course, Duck. Um, gosh. There's been a handful of them
3: over the uh, last year and a
2: half. There's been a lot. It's really hard to do. We had Phil Advise on a while back, the Phil Advise show. We had Zach Ford. Zach Ford? It's been hard. It's hard to get them on the show. We try. We really do. So I'm just letting you know. So you, there's record here. I'm not changing the terms. I'm not going to set up a Patreon for free anywhere, Pierce Morgan. Okay, and we'll keep it. We'll try and keep it polite. You know, I didn't call you a twerp. Um, <laughs> just to start. Hey, by the I way, totally Before it. we go, I have this up uh, here for those listening terrestrially. YouTube. I love this. YouTube Spotlight. This is the official YouTube channel. Put up a video, hashtag proud to be, come together to celebrate identity. And it was all, it was all about gender identity. So, of course, YouTube puts this on the front of their homepage and some weird stuff like Tim Burton, bizarre training. It's bizarre. It gets really weird. So people like. The dark corner of the internet is getting closer. Yes. It's invading territory. I didn't make a plan on it. Yes. Invading. Exactly. At all. It's like the Babadook.
3: Yeah, it's like when that weird guy it's
2: comes bad. to your house.
3: It's and like you're like, ah, oh, I don't like want a you Tim your weird
2: Shadow over your bed I with a knife. I thought it was just
3: gonna be you, and you're like, you bring your weird friend over. I'm like, he's in my house now. And he raped me. I gotta shoot him.
2: That's YouTube. After the rape. And this stuff. not get So this we have. Here's what's so funny though. Um, hold on, bring that back up. Not gay, okay, Jared. This would never have happened two years ago. Almost eight million views. Two hundred twenty-four thousand dislike. Two hundred seventy thousand likes. Two years ago, n- no one would have had the nerve to downvote an LGBTQ. And that's not the only one. That's that's one of several this week that we've spotted. Yeah, same trend. There's been a made. I've talked about this. Go back to this show a year and a half ago where I said the pendulum has to swing the other way. Well, guess what? It's happening. And like I've said, that the whole LGBTQ the the TQAAIP have shortchanged the gay and the the, the lesbians. Um, because now they've tacked on to the movement, and, and people are rejecting it as a whole. They're just tired of all of it. Y- these people are unironically claiming to be fluid, pansexual, genderqueers, yeah. and they're not joking. And YouTube is featuring this. The problem is they are. And I spoke with someone at YouTube who never knew anyone, didn't know anyone who owned a firearm ever in her life, and couldn't imagine a reason someone like that guy at Sky News. California, Why would you ever right? need? Yeah. Why would you ever need a firearm? in your studio. Oh, yes. I'm
3: going to go ha-
0: I'm going to go have relations in my That's going to be
2: a gif. Yeah. Well,
0: we're-
3: get to
2: it rolling. anyway. anyway. Um, so this is this is a, there's a major shift here and that's important. That's good to know. So whether you like Trump or don't like Donald Trump, I know it's been a, it's been a civil war in the Republican party. It, the media is off. Let's easy to get depressed. Here's your silver lining. Younger millennials are starting to reject the cultural Marxism. There is a winning argument there Here's one thing that's important if it's there, there's one sort of through line here like with the sky news guy Why did I stand the automatic weapons because I don't think it's a coincidence? I don't think it's an error that every single media outlet. I watch Repeats automatic weapons and then uses it to bring on guests who support legislation with semi-automatic weapons I don't think it's an accident at a certain point it can't just be ignorance, because they have to have someone, Jared will pass me a fact sheet if I'm wrong, go, oh, you know what, you were wrong about that, and we correct it. I can't imagine people at CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, um, Sky News, BBC, don't know that. Just like with the Islam thing, with the talk Islam thing, if it seems like I'm being harsh when they say, oh, Muslim, no, no, Muhammad was peaceful to all the innocent. There are no innocent non-Muslims. You need to define those terms first. So if it seems like, it, and this is important for everyone out there listening, because I know I'm, I'm not a super skilled debater. I don't consider myself to be even like a, like a Ben Shapiro or a, or a Michael Medved or a Christopher Hitchens. I really don't, and I appreciate the compliments from people. Here's the deal. Don't go down the rabbit trail. The Sky News thing, we talked about it. We went from automatic weapons to assault rifles, which was undefined, to why do you need a gun, sir, to why don't you support the no-fly list, to hope you have a safety latch on your firearm.
3: The hell is a safety Oh,
2: I didn't have one. Doesn't have one. By the way, that's one thing I will lie about. Jerry will tell you all the time. I always lie about my firearms. Just so you know, why nobody out there will ever actually know how many I have, what I carry, or where I carry it. There's a nine out of ten chance if I say I have. But it is up your butt. (laughs) Well, there's a good chance. There's a nine out of ten chance if I say, "Hey, I've got a firearm on my hip." It's actually somewhere somewhere else. If I say it's a nine, it's probably a thirty-eight. You never know. So, full disclosure on that one, the point remains the same. Do not let them get you off on that rabbit trail. If you know, because then you're arguing at a point where you've given them an advantage, they're lying, and they're still going to pivot, and they're going to mislead you anyway. Stay on the point. No, no, no. Before we move on, we are not talking about automatic weapons. No, 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 no. Before we move on, I need to point out that there are no innocent non-Muslims. This is what you're saying. And it's not for them, because they, they want to continue the lie. It's for the people listening to you. You'd be amazed how many people don't know this. The emails we get from people going, I didn't know the difference between an automatic or a semi. I didn't know this about Islam. Do not feel that you have to go in on their terms if you take nothing else away. And we have to go. I'll see you next week. Look forward to your emails. Hope we can help. Stay tuned for next week.